Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Unregimented. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. And it's just the two of us today. Chris is uh, off doing what he does, which is uh, sometimes has to travel and work in a pretty extensive schedule. But that's right. He'll be back next week. Oh, did I? I didn't mention that this is unregimented number 207. Did I? Yeah, we're, you, yeah, we're slowly creeping. You can tell I don't always do the, the intro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neither of us do. The 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 one sporty where Chris couldn't be on it, and I had to do the intro. I, I think I did four fucking false takes before we finally got one. <laughs> I felt like an amateur. I was like, oh. So we're still talking about the NFL, huh? We're we're still acting like we don't know what the protests are are all about. Like just yesterday, Tommy yeah. Laren was on on Fox going, I don't even know what the you know did. What is this protest about? Like she, like you can't just well, fucking look it up on Google. But she, she also knows whose name is on her checks, yes. so that's why she's playing that stupid. I don't, I don't even think she's that. Here's the thing: I don't think she's stupid at all. But yeah, no, she I damn don't. well knows what these no, protests are about. But not talking about what the protests are about has become a talking point against the protest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. It's real simple. I, I broke it down on, on Sporgy. I'm going to do my best Chris impersonation. Thursdays on ChristopherMedia.net. Um, <laughs> but I said, look, man, you know, everybody know, knew who, what the students at Kent State were protesting. Right. They weren't right. protesting Kent State because they were on Kent State property. Everybody knew that Rosa Parks wasn't protesting the bus. All right. I mean, so well, yeah, but I think there's probably a lot of people that were acting intentionally ignorant of what the issue was because they didn't want to deal with it. And I think that's what we're seeing again now. I mean, certainly in hindsight, yeah, everybody knows now what those protests are were about because they're in the history books. But I, I'm sure at the time there were plenty of people like these kids are just high on drugs and talking nonsense. Well, I. Maybe then it was it was a simpler time then, and maybe the American public was still that innocent. I guess I don't. Cause we're too fucking cynical not to know what these protests are well, about now. Yeah, that's true. Like so, you could you it, could say you could blame the fact that information may not have traveled as fast as it as it does now for for people being ignorant of it. There's no excuse with the internet. Everybody's got a smartphone and can just talk to it directly and go. Why are why are people kneeling for the the national anthem and, and exactly. get an answer? You don't even have to type anything. But the common thread I find with people who are pissed off about the protest is to ignore what the protests are about, mm-hmm. to say that they're being disrespectful to America, disrespectful to the troops, disrespectful to the flag, disrespectful to the national anthem, and I'm like. I, the troops, what does one have to do with the other? That's a reach 
I hope you stretched real well before you made that reach. You might cramp up. I don't don't give me that shit. That's pulling something out of your ass to change to change the subject. Goalpost moving, if you will, and protesting the flag. No, I don't. Where does the flag come into this? The national anthem's playing. If you want to say they're protesting the national anthem, they're protesting America. Even though I don't agree with it, you could at least make a halfway decent argument about those two. But the flag and the troops, it's just, it, it, it's being purposely intellectually dishonest to keep from talking about the subject at hand. Well, even when the subject is addressed, when police violence against black people is actually talked about, it can be dismissed as as a nothing issue because, well, just look at the numbers. You know how many people do do cops kill, and then what percentage is are, of them are blacks? Are they killing more blacks percentage wise? Well, okay, so it's not an issue. No, it, they can still talk about what they believe the issue is and completely misunderstand it. That it's it. I mean, I don't know. It, <laughs> Maybe it would have been better if race wasn't used as a component of it of this discussion because while it seems like you you can't really remove it from the discussion, it's right there. It's it's evident in the stories that we hear. Um, what we're really talking about is police brutality, and in cases where police are acting brutal, are acting above the law, are acting a, a, in a complete disregard for the lives of the citizens that they're policing, we see more of those situations involving black people on the other end. Well, this is part of the issue that I have with identity politics is because it's exactly what you just said. If this protest had come out, Colin Kaepernick took a knee for the first time and the media went nuts and they rushed him after the the, the game. We're like, Kaepernick... Why'd you take a knee? And they stuck a microphone in his face and he goes, to protest police brutality. Right. He would have had a lot more people on his side, period. But because we have a group of people in this country who, A, tend to be younger, B, tend to be indoctrinated in, in school and college these days in identity politics, and that's how their one defining trait that they choose to put up at the time to, to throw into the pool of, of, you know, where do I fall on the oppression totem? Since they choose to define themselves by that, they see everything through that prism. And there's always going to be people that are going to bristle at that because not every black person sees themselves first and foremost as a black person. Not every white person sees themselves first and foremost as a white person. Mm -hmm. You know, people, people see themselves as a father a mother, a husband, a wife, a son, daughter, whatever. You know, I'm and I'm not saying it's not in the top one, two, three, whatever, of how they view themselves. But when you come at people who who don't make everything about who they are attracted to, how they like to dress, what their skin tone is, and you shove that type of shit in their face. It's natural for him to go, hey man, fuck you. Right. Well, don't you know? Don't try to fucking don't try to push this shit on me. Yeah, you, you're, and that's the that's the problem. You're people that are, are feel like they're being given a choice to pick a side on this, 
and you're like, well, I don't feel like I'm racist, but I don't feel like I'm on the black side, so I must be on the white side, so I must be against whatever these guys are doing. Well, I, it's think about it, okay? A lot of what's going on as far as, like, with Black Lives Matter, with certain people, certain vocal people who throw their, their weight behind that, that cause, a lot of the, the tactics they use are the same tactics that were used against, quote-unquote, their people back in the day. Meaning, oh, you're white, you support Black Lives Matter. What well, doesn't matter how hard of a life you've had, you're privileged. And until you walk around hanging your head in shame and, and doing what we tell you to do, then you're not an ally to us. You're not a real ally. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, you... It, you know, it's it's no different in, and I'm not saying it's no different in someone saying this back in the in in the days of slavery to a to a slave. I'm not saying that is no different. What I'm saying is to use that line of logic. The line of logic is no different than going, well, you know, if you're one of the good ones, then you'll let us know, and you know, we'll let you live in the house, and we'll let you do this, and we'll give you special treatment. Mm-hmm. But you'll let us know what's going on. You'll be an ally to us. You know, I mean, it, don't you want to help? Don't you, don't, don't you, don't you want to help? And, and you know, the, those slaves are trying to run away and, and start shit and get an uprising going. Eh, mm-hmm. They're not, they'd be much happier if they just understood, you know, right. that they need to throw in on our side. And it's like, dude, you don't win people over with this. And... Well, here's the thing. I don't know that you win people over in any situation, really. And when we talk about changing the police force so that we don't see these these types of of uh, behave, this type of behavior, this uh, above the law attitude, um, you know, if we were in an ideal world, I know this sounds very Pollyanna-ish to say, but like it shouldn't matter whether a cop is racist or not. It shouldn't matter what he personally believes. He's got a really pretty clearly outlined job for him to do. And if he does that accurately, and if the law is fair, then the results will be fair. But instead we have, uh, you know, a lot of cops. I have no idea what percentage, but enough for me to say a lot. I'm not saying a majority of cops, but a lot of cops that, aren't doing their job according to the law, they feel, if I was to put myself in that mindset, I would say that they feel like, well, they understand what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong, and that's why they're in this job. And ultimately, it's about results, right? And and certainly as a society and through Hollywood, we've propped up the man who doesn't play by the rules but gets results to the point where it's a cliché. And we we hail that person, you know? And I'm not anti anti hero movies. <laughs> uh you know, I enjoy quite a, quite a lot of them, but I understand that they're fantasy. And you know, the there was an incident in uh in Detroit that happened a couple weeks ago where a car like ran a red light or something, some kid. You know, did something stupid, some traffic stop, right? And the cops pulled him over and he ran from the cops. Well, 
Okay, so logic dictates that if you're running from the cops because of a traffic stop, there's something else going on, right? But the yeah, I mean, yeah, but the, obviously in the person's mind it ran. Right. Well, in in the mind of the cop too. Like, okay, this is something other than a traffic stop. When we find this guy, we're going to find whatever warrants, stolen vehicles, some drugs. Oh some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. else is going on. So now it's on. Like we've got to get this guy because there's something else going on here. But the law states, the the rules state, I should say, that the police are not allowed to pursue somebody who runs from a traffic stop. And because of situations like what happened here, because it ended up in an accident where the kid hit somebody else and died. And if if Chris were here, he would say, don't run from the cops. And I'd tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, still lo- I still love you, Chris, but I'm still going to tell you to shut the fuck up because it you're not wrong, but it's not an answer. Because the, I, I should say what happened afterwards. So the kid dies, like crashes, dies. The cops leave. You know why the cops left? Because they never called it in. Why didn't they call it in? Because they knew that they weren't doing their job. Part of their job is not pursuing somebody in what could possibly be a dangerous crash for the person running, themselves, and in, or an innocent victim. And that... They are not to pursue the uh, people who run from from traffic stops. It's a, Wait a minute now. Just yeah. this is a this is a, this is a law in Detroit um, for the police. I I don't believe it's a law. This is a rule. This is a, a, a policy. policy thank you. That's that's probably the best. This is a policy that the police department has. Right. So they weren't following policy. They didn't call it in. They just pursued the guy. Figuring they would find something that would justify their pursuit, but knowing that they couldn't call it in ahead of time, they couldn't call in that they are pursuing somebody because, well, possibly dispatch would tell them to stop because they're not supposed to be doing that. So kid crashes, dies, they leave, and then somebody calls 911 about the crash, and then they come back like, what's going on here? Wow. And so this is what I'm talking about. Like, I, I can't get into the mind and read the thoughts of these officers. But their actions speak pretty clearly that they have this idea, like I, was, like I said, that they know right and wrong. They feel like they have an understanding of what their job is, and the policies don't dictate that. that just is, that's just there to trip them up or protect somebody else's ass up the chain or whatever. And that ultimately, it's about getting results, and that's what they felt like they were doing. But this is what happens. And, you know, honestly, who knows why the kid ran? Because he's young and black in the inner city? Because I don't. maybe he had some drugs on him. Big deal. You shouldn't be... I, I don't care if he was running pounds for the uh, of cocaine up to Canada. Like, it's still not worth... A high speed pursuit. There's very, there's very few things that are worth a high, a high speed pursuit. You know, it, as we do see every fucking week now. Yeah. I mean, I've seen two new videos this week that aren't getting the massive news coverage. I think because we're starting to get desensitized to them. 
but it's two videos of, of people who ran from cops. Both were shot. One was killed. One was wounded. And one of my friends happened to post one of the videos. And there was, you know, the typical, you know, well, he shouldn't have ran. Right. And then my friend come back with, well, I didn't run, and I had six cops beat the shit out of me, and blah, blah, blah. And you remember I was in the hospital. Right. And then, you know, the back and forth. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm reading the back and forth, and I just thought, okay, what would honestly get me so fucking frightened that I would run? Like, don't give a fuck. I know the minute you turn tail on a cop, the minute they catch you, you know you're catching an ass. Right. Woman. Period. So that is the minimum that's going to happen to you. You're going to catch an ass whooping. You're going to get thrown in the back of a cop car, and you're going to sit in jail until the case is either dismissed or you're charged and you get a bail hearing. Period. That's the minimum that's going to happen to you. And it really got me thinking on shit that we just don't like to talk about in in, in polite society because we have this, well, they're... If you've been convicted, you're a criminal and you get what you deserve. But I want you to stop and think about, and people listening, stop and think about this. You're an 18-year-old kid and you get pulled over. And whether they had probable cause to pull you over or not does not matter because now you are dealing with the reality of you have three cop cars behind you and you're pulled over. And let's say you got a quarter or an eighth of an ounce on you. Right. Boom. Automatically, you know you're yeah. fucked. All right. Or or even just like Think a warrant th- from stupid parking tickets or... Yeah. Just something that, that guarantees you're going to not be released on your own recognizance and given a ticket. Right. You know, you're, gonna, you're looking at going to city, maybe even county jail and sitting courtside until you can make bail. If you can make bail and jail is such a fucked up place that I've known some tough motherfuckers that I wouldn't fuck with who've went and came out and said, if they ever fucking try to bullshit and railroad me into going back to prison, I'll blow my head off or I'll suicide by cop. I'm not going back. And if these hard ass motherfuckers, I mean, we're talking real ass fucking People who do the shit, who do the dirt, make no bones about it. They're on that side of the law, and they're very comfortable with it, and they're willing to fucking die versus go back. What do you think a scared-ass 18-year-old kid who's going in behind some bullshit little fucking petty drug possession charge is going to get when he walks in there? Especially if you're not connected. Especially if you walk in there and you don't know anybody. He's gonna get, Your ass. Yeah, he's going to get beat. He's going to get raped. And then he's going to get initiated into some club to protect his ass. And then he's going to be an organized crime. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that's something I imagine goes to the back of every... Look, obviously, I, I was about to say, I've never been black. It's not like I can <laughs> somehow become black in the future. No matter what Rachel Dozel says... But um, but no, I, I, I imagine if I was, a, you know, an 18-year-old black kid, and I like to smoke a little bit of weed, but I was no straight-up gangster. I, didn't, I don't have no connections like that. I'm not, I'm not, my name don't ring out in the streets like that. Yeah, I'd be fucking terrified of going to jail. Mm-hmm. I would. Because, it, because it'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm going to have to fucking basically fight for my life. And there, there's two mentalities that I see in, the, in yeah. our nation as a whole. 
right and left that that uh, allow this type of behavior to go on. One is that if you come in contact with the police, you must have done something wrong. And two, anybody behind bars is a criminal. I'm not just saying <clears throat> guilty, but just flat out, we've identified this person. We might as well be fucking branding them as a criminal. Not somebody who fucked up and is paying for it and then one day is going to be a citizen again. They are forever just flat out a criminal. So we, we just write... I, as much as there's criticism of the way that, that cops do their job on the left, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy in that because if you if you want the cops to treat citizens like they're people and if you want the uh the whole uh um what's the term for it the uh oh corporate jails <laughs> and my words are failing me right now but you know the whole the whole system of prison, the prison system. If you if you want them to not look at these people as just a bunch of criminals as as cattle, then you've got the, the general citizen needs to accept these as these people as real people. That we actually need to show that we give a shit, not just lip service and and protests, but actually reflected in our lives. Because you know, I don't know the. I don't I I feel like I'm heading towards some kind of answer but I don't have one. I just feel I feel well, like I mean, we are putting all this blame solely on our police force and our prisons when all that is kind of a trickle down of the attitude of the general country cuz we're really horrible at how we treat our prisoners. And how we run people through the system. And that's the thing too, like, you know, why, why run from the cops? Even if you know that you're gonna, they're gonna get you and you're gonna spend a night in jail. For me, it'd be like, okay, so what? So they got me, I spend a night in jail, and then I move on with my life. But for some people, that's, be, you are now in the system. And once you're in the system, the cops see you again. You must be doing something wrong because we already got this record on you and it just perpetuates itself. And that person decides, fuck it, if I'm going to be in the system, if they want me to play this game, I'm going to play it so I can win. Well, yeah, and... I, Does it, do, am I making sense? I, I've, I've, yes, you're making sense. But, I mean, it's also... Uh, there's a lot of issues with... I've talked to a lot of police officers that I didn't meet as police officers. Mm -hmm. I met them as people that, you know... I, how I met a lot of these guys was, uh, you know, a friend of mine, his wife was a dispatcher for a local police department. So I go to his house for a party. 80% of the people there are off-duty cops. I didn't, I don't know this, you know, and until I start listening to him talk and I realize, <laughs> oh, shit, I'm surrounded by cops, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and put this 10 strip away. I was about to make the party interesting, but, you know, this ain't the place for it. But, uh, you know, and talking to them, it, it's amazing how, especially if they don't see you as an outsider, and because I was coming in through my 
my friend and his yeah. wife and alcohol does, you know, loosen people's they tongues They were in their up. safe space amongst you know, their I, peers. Yeah. This, I mean, you had, the, you had the guys who were the, the stereotypical macho bullshit, you know, peaked in high school, pissed off that they did. And I became a cop because it's a way to fucking exert power over other people. You right. had that percentage of, people, of cops, but you also had a larger percentage who would say, a lot of the shit that I end up doing isn't what I signed up for. I have to I have to enforce a lot of bullshit laws. I have to I have to enforce laws that go and fly directly in the face of the Constitution I swore to protect and uphold. Right. And they know this. But there's nothing they they feel there's nothing they can do. And maybe <coughs> excuse and maybe in the grand scheme of things, as one you know, one or a handful of, of, of police at a police department, there isn't anything they can do. But there's nothing we can do as citizens. If they feel powerless, how the fuck are we supposed to feel? Well, yeah. We can't, you can't vote a police department. You can't vote every police or a police officer at a police department out. They're not no, a sheriff. You can vote for the right laws. You could give a shit about, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I know well, I sound like a hypocrite you, a lot of times because a lot of times on this podcast I am criticizing police officers, but I, I also believe that there's that the country has basically said as a whole we don't want to deal with this shit. It's kind of gross, like running people down and locking them up and shit. Like we'd just rather not think about it. Can you do it? And the police officers go, "Yeah, we can do it." And then we find out what they did, and we go, "That's really gross, man! Like you shouldn't be doing that. That's out of line." So, so well, see, I don't even think so it's that you can't have it both ways. You can't say like we don't want to be involved, but then when shit goes wrong, like, oh my god, this is outrageous. I don't even think it's that big of a case of being lazy. <clears throat> I, don't, no, I don't think laziness. I, I don't think laziness. It's uh, a fear of of having to confront it it's not about being lazy per se it's that um a lot of people would just rather not think about it of avoidance I, well i mean the most pissed off i've ever made a friend of mine who was a police officer was basically describing his job without all the indoctrination bullshit that was shoved in our heads as yeah. kids, meaning, you know, police officer's your friend, blah, blah, blah. You call them when you got a problem, they come help you. No, you guys report on crimes after they've happened. The only crimes that you actively try to stop are crimes to where you can get people in the system, drain them of money, and, and basically collect revenue from. I mean, mm -hmm. you have vice squads whose whole job is to go bust up Strip clubs in Detroit. That's what these guys do. They dress in plain clothes. They have their their badge on a chain. They stick it under their shirt. They go into strip clubs in Detroit. They get sexual acts performed on them by the strippers, yeah. and then they bust the club and the yeah. strippers. Doesn't count as evidence until you bust your nut. <laughs> I mean, I think Detroit. I think Detroit finally changed the law to where they can't close the deal with a, with a sex worker of any sort. And then charge them, but that's just a recent change in the law. So I mean, 
do we do we is this do we not have an understanding that if you go to a strip club, especially the type of strip club that offers that type of service, you're looking for that type of service? It's not being forced upon you. It's not out walking the streets. So the oh the children will see it, you know. I mean, strip clubs don't even have windows for fucking the most part. You have to go seeking this out. And these people that work at these clubs understand that is what is being sought out. And yes, you can get into the the, the tiny minority of a percentage that are forced there. You know, people that are you know forced into the job, whatever. But for the most part, most of these women, the the very vast majority, are not forced to go to work and do this job. Yeah, for whatever reason, they've decided I'm cool with it. Well, it's, and I don't, I don't, and I don't, I don't see a problem with it. And I mean, a lot of them will flat out tell you, I'm just being honest. Your wife tricked you into marrying you. And she, and now that she's got you and she's got that ring and it's legal, she's threatening you with taking half of your shit plus a percentage for every kid. I say, just pay me up front and then we'll both part ways with a smile. Well, what you're describing is actually all illustrated perfectly in the deuce. And, I mean, if you've seen anything else that David Simon's been involved in, um, Treme, The Wire, Homicide, um, uh, Generation Kill, he, he doesn't come at a subject just from one side. He comes at it from all sides. So he wants to tell the story of how prostitution kind of morphed into the, the, uh, a huge boom in, in the uh, porn video industry, he's going to show you how every everybody's involvement in it and a heavy hand is played by the police. And so far into, I mean, I think we're nearing the end of season one and it's probably going to be a slow play out of, of the story. We're not really seeing the guys who are pulling the strings on this. We see it from the officer's perspective of, of that have to go out and do the duty of, rounding up prostitutes and pimps and moving people off of certain corners. But it's not about we've got to get these hoes off the street. It's about, hey, there's too many hoes here, and we want to just move them over to this area. You know, a lot a lot like what went down in Boston in The Wire, the Hamsterdam situation. It's kind of what they're doing with the prostitutes in, in, uh, in The Deuce. And, and, and there's yeah, plenty I mean, of examples it, of that where it's... It's not about stopping. I mean, first of all, I, I'm agreeing with you on the, the idea of a victimless crime. Like, we shouldn't have the whole reason that girls do get hurt and ripped off to the degree that they do is because it's illegal in most places. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you what, I have a sister who lives out in Vegas. And once you get outside of Vegas, you go to like the, the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. You ain't going to go in there and treat one of those girls disrespectfully because uh, you will get the fuck no. beat out of you and thrown out the door. You'll ha- in a heartbeat, you will get the shit beat out of you. Right. I mean, that's that's you like... You probably have one of the other patrons. Like, you'll have some NBA player on your ass just for, like, soling the <laughs> reputation of the place. Like, man, we come here to chill out. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's like, man, all I did was call her a bitch. Now I got a coked out Lamar Odom smelling <laughs> <Right>. of Kardashian <laughs> on his dick. <laughs> Fucking trying to beat me up. What the fuck? But no, seriously. I mean, it's it's a business. It is a professional business. And when you 
when you set something up like that and it's above board, it's on the books, and there's checks and balances, it takes a lot of the bullshit out of it. It's when you drive shit underground that you leave room for all the fucking scumbags and people who are just psychopaths and sociopaths to come in and start working their magic because there's no checks and balances. You know, if you're on, if you're working the corner on a Friday night and you see one of your fucking, you know, fellow hookers out there and and her pimp walks up, grabs her by her hair, throws her in a fucking car and disappears and you don't see her the next night, you can pretty much figure out what happened. Right. Right, But they don't, but they don't get, well, in, in the deuce, you know, the, the police aren't going, we've got to stop this prostitution. They're like, like, you're being too open with it. Let's go over here and do it. And by the way, why don't I get a little blowjob while we're, while we're here? I mean, hey, I'm a cop. You're a prostitute. This, this is your tax for me not taking your ass right. in. So, it, but no doubt, and I know I'm reference, referencing fiction, but no doubt that this plays out in reality all over the place. Where you have well, I mean, I can tell you, I can. I just, I was gonna say real quick, I can tell you from my band days that I knew a lot of people who dated, were in long-term relationships, married to dancers, strip. I mean, let's just call them. Let's fuck you. Let's just call them what they are, yeah. strippers. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a constant. You know, there's always things that you were worried about. Are you going to get ripped off? Is, you know, is someone going to yeah. try to go too far in the VIP against your will? And are you going to have to, you know, fight the guy until you can get a security guard or a bouncer in there, whatever? But one of the main things was it was a constant thing. On a long enough timeline, I'd say probably once to twice a year, almost every girl would get busted by Vice if they worked in Detroit with what they would call a simulated sex act. And that could be everything from any contact whatsoever during a lap dance, which defeats the purpose of the lap dance if you're not supposed to have contact, to her rubbing her knee on his crotch over his fucking pants. Isn't everything everything a stripper does a simulated sex act? Isn't that her whole job? Exactly. Exactly. So even if even if this was a stripper who's like, I don't give hand jobs. I'm not sucking and fucking in the VIP. I don't offer takeout. I don't do none of that shit. I'm I'm above board. All I do is give lap dances. You know, boom. That's still enough to where you now have this citation. You have to go downtown to you know to, to and and go to court and appear and pay a fine and it's on your record and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's just like what you said. It's like, eh, you know, there's plenty of vice cops that were like, I've heard plenty of stories. I've seen it firsthand. When I've been in a bar when vice has busted it. I had a buddy who was a bouncer. So I got to see it from the other side. I didn't see it from, I knew one of the dancers. I saw it from the people who actually, you know, run the bar. And, yeah, it was flat out like, you know, the, the manager on duty was like, so what did, what did the cop say to you? And she was like, well, basically throw him a blowjob, and I wouldn't get the ticket. And I told him, go fuck himself, and he gave me yep. the ticket. Then yep. he proceeded to ticket the entire bar. Yep. And it's it's these things are not far-fetched. Yeah, they're, they're, gust, they're gust up a little bit, gussied up a little bit for Hollywood. But it's 
it's still grounded in reality because I've seen I've seen it with my own fucking eyes. Yeah. You know, and I mean anybody can see it. Go get a job anywhere on a strip club that's not one of the big ones on Eight Mile that's in Detroit, and you'll see it for yourself. That's I guarantee. No, I I know exactly what I you guarantee. mean. I guarantee. I, I'm not a frequenter of strip clubs. It's not some. It's not an environment that I would just hang out with just to have a good time. But I have uh, dated and have friends who were strippers, wait, uh, waitresses that worked at strip clubs. So I've seen a little bit of the behind the scenes, and I I know what goes down in them. I mean, I think it's an it's another one of these situations where general populace thinks it's gross, so just push it over there. Where we don't have to think about what goes on. And in this case, it leaves it wide open for the police to to run rampant over it in in different ways where they're they're just taking advantage of the situation. I mean, in the example that I keep referring to in the deuce, it's uh, they're getting direct payoffs from the mob to direct the uh, prostitution traffic. But I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like I veered us off topic. On this whole prostitution well, I mean, thing, I guess we were just talking about police in general, huh? You know, the guy. I mean, kind of, but I mean, let's be honest here. This is part of the issue yeah. here. We have we have an entire police force who, on paper, and on the bullshit that we that we tell our kids, that police are held to a higher standard because to whom much is given, much is expected. Right. But the truth is, their standard is shit compared to your average citizen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all there is to it. If it, now, if they get caught and they fuck up, here's here's the fucked up part. If you get caught and you put one of your superiors in hot water because of something you did, you're going to face more backlash and punishment and, than if you get caught fucking up on the street and you violate people's rights who you are paid to protect uh, their rights. Could, yeah, you could end up in prison and shanked. I mean, it's... This all goes back to what we're talking. It's just like, I mean, like, okay, Charlie LaDuff, who, if you're not from Detroit, he's a he's a national reporter well, yeah, now. He's got, actually, he's got but, some reach, but he is a he's a native. I love him. Uh, you know, he basically came out and said, "Look, I have nothing against Black Lives Matter, but I'm gonna hit y'all with the truth." And the truth is, is that it's not necessarily black people getting killed, predominantly more by police officers. It's poor people oh, getting yeah. killed predominantly by police officers right. and that doesn't matter what race you are once you fall below a certain income level the risk of you getting vi- beaten shot killed by the police go up exponentially and that's an issue because what's that telling you that you have a lot of predators in the police department because what do predators do they look they, for the, weak they look for the weakest Absolutely. in the pack exactly who have no voice yeah, you got, yeah. You know, you have one you, door panel is a different these, color, or you're missing a windshield wiper. You just look like you can't afford to upkeep your car. Well, not only are they expecting exactly. to find something, they're coming at you with an attitude of easy prey. And for all these SJWs who like to run around and say that they they want to be voices for the voiceless, well, here's a whole group of people that cover all races. That you could that you could do something about with your privileged upper middle class going to get my lesbian dance theory degree that mommy and daddy are paying for ass can do something about. But it's funny, no, it's not sexy enough of a fucking of a cause. 
So you got the people who, quote unquote, are fighting for social justice who ignore the, this entire group of people. You have the police who do not want to get rid of this group of people because this is their bread and butter. This is what they make their numbers on. This is what careers get made on. It's where sergeant stripes mm-hmm. get made is on the backs of these type of people. And you have a system that doesn't want to get rid of them because they're the people that they can throw into the system, grind up in the gears, and just fucking bleed money out of. And if not, throw them in for, in, in a, into a private for-profit prison yep. and make more money. Exactly. So, I mean, this is... When the word systemic gets used, a lot of people roll their eyes. This is a systemic problem. This is built into the yeah. system. And the, and the only way to change it is to completely change the culture of policing in this country. And I don't think it's going to happen. There's too many people. Well, right now, the real problem, I just read an article on this. real problem police are having is that you have so many guys coming back from multiple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan who get discharged from the, from the you know military because of maybe some mental issues or maybe that they can't physically you know they, they they you know they were injured and they can't physically do the job that's needed but it's the guys with the mental issues that get an honorable you know medical discharge who when they go into being a police that's an issue if you don't have mental issues if you have mental issues that will stop you from doing your job in a war zone, do we really want to arm these guys and give them carte blanche to run the neighborhood and, and, and choose who they're going to stop and who they're not going to stop? I mean, if you are not, if you are so, if you have PTSD, if you have whatever the fuck, you know, depression due to shit you saw overseas, you don't think that maybe we shouldn't make, you know, invite them into the police force? I mean, the, the one thing I always hear is, oh, I was afraid for my life. Okay, I've had guns put to my head, to the back of my head, to the front of my head, to the side of my head. I've been told by people that did it that I'm dead. They're going to kill me, right? I still kept my wits about me. Now, I'm not saying that th- those incidents are, uh, you know, that's how everybody should react, but... I didn't flip the fuck out. Yeah. I didn't, no, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, and I understand that they, you know, their job, any stop could turn deadly at any time. I understand that. But they, but that's walking around the city we can't, anyway. We can't for anyone, make, right? I mean, you just, yes. I, I had to learn the hard way we, that you don't wander around the city looking up at the sky and acting like an idiot. You, Walk like you know where you're going. You keep your head down, but your your eyes open, and you're not going to be singled out as as easy prey by someone. Well, but yeah, no. But I know well, what I, mean, I know what you, where you're going you, with this. Like this, go to the go to the east side of Detroit. You don't. There's no cops around, and you. <laughs> good luck if you call one. You may get one in two hours, right. maybe. Well, all right. You know, here's here's the problem with Black Lives Matter, though. Well, I should that came out wrong. I don't have a problem with Black Lives Matter, but I think that the core of why a lot of people do have a problem with this organization is that the idea that if your premise is, is that you're against you're against police brutality, police uh, uh, abuse of power, right? 
if that is your core message, then that applies to everyone. And there's plenty of examples of that going on all over the country of pick your race. doesn't matter. Right? Now, if they're predominantly black, we can have a conversation about that. But when you decided as a group to just go, we only care about these ones because they're the same color as us and not take up the cause of anybody of another color who is getting gunned down by the police unjustly, then your organization stinks of racism. And again, to clarify, not to me, I don't see it as a racist organization, but they leave it open for people with racist inclinations to make an easy case for why Black Lives Matter is a racist organization. I think if they were really serious about police injustice and they wanted to make a difference in black neighborhoods, in inner city neighborhoods, they would take up all cases of police abuse of power, of police brutality, regardless of race. And I think they would be taken a lot more seriously. Well, I, you know, I think this is a subject we should actually fucking... Get a get a black we, person. We just on? go ahead. And, <laughs> should we call in no, somebody no, on this one? Ahead, <laughs> we should go ahead and mind this subject because I, you know, look. If you, it's hard for me to listen to the show without and, and take myself out of the show. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, I know Chris. I know you. We all know each other to a certain extent. We understand the intent with some of the things we say. But if you just listen to this show, except for we preface most conversations with, we understand not all cops, not even most cops are like this, but then we go into a discussion. We really haven't turned a critical eye towards you know Black Lives Matter. And there does need to be a critical eye pointed towards Black Lives Matter, matter because it's such an open movement you have people coming in, like, you know, the lady who says, if you're white and you inherit anything, you need to gift it to a poor black family. Mm-hmm. And she's a so-called leader of Black Lives Matter. The other so-called self-appointed leader of Black Lives Matter, that they were at a rally and they were staging where they were going to start their, their protest. And she said, all the white people to the back, you haven't earned the right. And you don't deserve to be up here in the front with us. And these were people that were there to march with Black Lives Matter. These things don't get reported in the media because the media, one, there's certain elements of the media that wants black people and white people at each other's throats. Fox News is very rarely going to push a story that's narrative is this cop was bad and this black guy that the cop fucked with was right. That's just... That's not that's not in their makeup. That's not their bread and butter. That's not their audience. Yeah. MSN on the, on the flip side, MSNBC is very rarely going to report a story where there was a black criminal. He got pulled over. He tried to kill the cop. The killed made a just the cop made a justified shooting. The guy the criminal died, and the cop was cleared to charges. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that's not their bread and butter. <laughs> That's not gonna get. That's not gonna get their fucking their base riled yeah, up. If you had, and if, to throw in another example, let's say you had some outrageous story that sounded like really juicy, like a man uh, guns down his pregnant wife, right? 
murders mother and child. And then it turns out that you're getting ready to run this story, and then you hear, oh, uh, the baby and the mother both survived, and they're fine. And she was shot in the, in the shoulder. Well, then you go, okay, cut the story. No, Nobody's going to give a shit about this. And you still have the same story about a husband gets angry enough to gun down his wife and unborn child, but they didn't die. So it's not salacious. It's not <laughs> salacious enough. And we don't have the body count to run this at the top of the top of the right, news. Right. And and nobody wants to read that. And this is a me- I we we blame we throw a lot of blame towards the media like we do the police. But we have to understand that the the police are are kind of self-driven and the media is driven by the populace. We have decided as a group yes. what we will watch and what we won't, what we will read and believe and what we won't. And all the media is doing is is selecting the stories that we want to read and presenting them with to us. Not saying that there aren't journalists out there who aren't doing important, independent, investigative journalism of stories that need to be told. But the vast majority, and certainly the vast majority that gets consumed in this country, is just spoon-fed bullshit. And it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to blame Gerber when your babies are eating this shit up. It's kind of hard to say. Maybe you should have a better quality product. Maybe McDonald's should make a better burger when we're eating the fuck out of their fucking horrible burgers. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's but it's our desire for the outlandish, mm-hmm. the salacious, and it's the media going, you know, fuck it. We're just meeting the demand. That's all we're doing. But they they also know <laughs> there's still ethics classes in the journalism degree, okay? Yeah. Whether or not they pay attention in them is irrelevant. They still had to take them. All right, you have a responsibility not to yell fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. And the media gets a pass on that. And this is one of the things that they irks me about people that are so quick to try to <coughs> excuse me, throw any type of speech they don't like out in, in the First Amendment out the window and say, fuck it, it's not protected. It shouldn't be mm-hmm. protected. Let's find a way to make sure it's not protected. But yet... I, there's, it's, it's a hyperbolic statement on the person's part who said it. And I cannot remember their name, but I, I feel like it's there's more than a grain of truth to it. Yet the media is doing its best to to basically stoke the fires of damn near a race war in this country yeah. to get black people and white people pissed off at each other to align anybody who's not white, quote unquote into this group that we have now decided with none of our permission, we're just told we have to refer to everybody who's not white as a person of color. They have now they have designations for white Hispanic and non-white Hispanic. Everything's race, 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 race. And the media, this didn't come from the media. This come from fucking people who were getting indoctrinated in colleges, who were going online yeah finding the fringes of these groups that are pissed off 
finding the most racist black nationalist, white nationalist, whatever the fuck groups, and shoving it out there and the media going, oh, this is something that'll get us ratings. And so they put it on. And this is, I mean, this is, this is an issue that has pissed me off, and I, I've just come to this realization. I can't deal with people who the first thing that they go to is race, sexual orientation, whatever the mm. fuck. And that's the first words out their mouth. The, the minute that's the first words out their mouth, it's like trying to have a discussion about science with someone who goes to Earth is 6,000 years old because I added up all the ages of everybody in the Bible. Right. That's what it came yeah, out to. Recent example discussion of that over. on Twitter that I saw is somebody found a case where a transgendered man was arrested for assaulting somebody in a woman's bathroom. And they're like, see, this is, this is why you can't have this. This is why they shouldn't be a lot. This is there's I told you they're sick people. Like, no, people are sick and people do sick shit. And sometimes those people are white. Sometimes those people are black. Sometimes those people are gay and sometimes they're straight. Sometimes they're transgendered. doesn't matter. You can cherry pick all you want to, to prop up certain examples of why we shouldn't allow these types of people to do this or why they're responsible for their own actions or something when, when, when others aren't. But, you know, uh, this kind of gets us into <coughs> another topic that I wanted to talk about, too, with the, uh, the most recent um, Richard Spencer appearance. But I wanted to go mm-hmm. back to something real quick. Because you you had mentioned the uh, the military, because we were talking about police and how a lot of people coming out of the military are, tra- are attracted to the police as a, a, a career option, and that also brings us back to our original topic, which we were talking about the NFL protests. They were, they were uh, protesting police brutality. Colin Kaepernick, at least, was, and the. Uh, reason given for the outrage was a lot of disrespect for the troops, right? And I mean, f- well, first of all, I think anybody who said anybody who says I support the troops should always be asked a simple question: one word, how? They ask, "What do you mean?" Clarify for them. How exactly do you support the troops? I just want to know. I don't understand what that means. I don't feel like I'm anti-troops, but I don't personally do anything to support the troops, and I don't say that I do. I don't volunteer any of my time or money. I don't actively join any causes that help people coming back who may be suffering from PTSD or something like that, somebody who maybe needs some help, needs just a, a leg up, get back on their own two feet. I don't do that, but there's plenty of organizations that do. There are people who do that. So don't say that you support the troops because, because I don't even know what that means. Unless, unless you, I mean, if the person comes back with, look, I work at, uh, you know, I work for this organization or I always donate money to this cause or, you know, if you've done actively something, then that's great. Speak up. But in the last week, we've finally seen how uh how trump feels about troops which i don't think he really thinks about them at all until somebody says mr president uh we need a statement from you on this or that you know for example he is more than willing to tweet endlessly 
about these NFL protests and what's going to happen and what they should be doing and who who should should and shouldn't be fired and and all this. I mean, taking all this great interest and in direct meddling in a business in the U.S. is just insane for a president, first of all. He's got all the time in the world for that, but four troops get gunned down in Niger and... He has nothing to say about it until he's basically forced to. He, I don't know if you followed any of this. He was asked about it in a um, in a press conference, right? Or yeah. I, well, it, I, I don't even know. It wasn't really a press conference, was it? It was just uh, you know he was some opportunity I, I, where he was I talking. Heard a reporter asked. Him. Yeah, a reporter asked him uh, if he you know, what he thought about you know, what happened in Niger or whatever. And <laughs> he's such a transparent liar. I mean, he, he gave her the, the checks in the mail answer. Like, oh, yeah, I already wrote out letters to all four of the families. I, you know, I haven't sent them out yet. I and mean, it's only been like 10 days. I don't know what the fuck he's waiting for if he's had, he's had these letters ready to go. But I mean, first of all, that's bullshit. And then when we find out what he actually does say to people, well, he also claimed, I should back up a little bit, he claims that presidents just don't do this normally. They don't call the families of fallen soldiers and offer condolences. That's not a president. Obama, very little. Very little other presidents did this. And like, bitch, we, <laughs> we've got all these records. It, this is so... Easily disproved. One of one of one of one of my favorite comebacks responses to that statement of his was the shit. It was either a mother or a widow mm -hmm. of a soldier that died in Iraq, and this is why Bush was still president. And she tweeted out, basically called him a. I mean, oh, if I remember the tweet, called him a fucking is liar. This, I think the Bush said, like came and saw her and held her and hugged her and was like. <laughs> very warm towards her is that the one yeah well and that was yeah and it, well she was like you know president bush came in person and sat there and didn't interrupt me when i basically cussed him out for five minutes and yelled at him yeah for getting my husband right. killed and then came over and gave me a hug and, and apologized and and blah 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 and this and that so it's like <sighs> God damn it. I hate that fucking we have. We now live in a time where George Bush. Oh, yeah. Oh, he. Like, I, I, I have. To, I feel sympathy for him, and I'm starting to like him against my better judgment. Well, if like, you saw it, his it, recent speech, I mean, it's hard not to like what he has to say. No, it, it's, it's true. It's true. But, I mean, I, I, I want to get to that, but I just wanted to, yeah. real quick. Her tweet started a firestorm of tweets of people saying the same thing yeah. about Obama calling. Right about Bush visiting and, and Obama visiting people at Walter Reed. And yeah. there was no press there. showing up it and not touching my ass. When, when Slick Willie takes time out of fucking cigar, <laughs> sticking cigars and interns <laughs> and starting wars to divert you from the fact that he fucked a, uh, an intern with a cigar, to go visit you as a wounded troop, you know that he... It's like Chris says about his job. Honestly, when it come down to brass, when it comes down to brass tacks, they're not going to fucking choose you over losing a dollar. But they make you feel appreciated. 
They do a good job of that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what Trump doesn't understand. Look, as much as I despise most of what comes out of his mouth, most of his fucking nonsense. Trumps. Yeah. Yes. I hate to say this. I agree with the thought behind he knew what he signed yeah, up for. I almost, I almost did a spit take there. I was <laughs> drinking my coffee. No, okay, you know I what? Mean, I I you, it's not it's not this is not conscription. These guys were not drafted mm-hmm. against their will. Here's These are guys who voluntarily joined yes. up. They knew the risk. Yes. To say that to a fucking grieving mother makes you an it, it, just an, a so out of touch with reality asshole. Well, though. it's about the delivery. You know, okay, so we heard the story about he called up a, a the mother of a fallen soldier and said he knew what he was getting into, right? And then the official statement from the White House is this never happened. And then it was it uh, was it General Kelly? Yeah, uh, yeah. General Kelly was in the room with him when he made this call and he talked about it. So going directly, uh, and he said it multiple times to her. Right. Well, so what, in the conversation, what, what General Kelly said is that he was asked, "What does he say in these situations?" And he said, "What you were saying." That it's it, I guess to put it succinctly, he died doing what he loved, right? This was he, he knew what he was in for, and he wanted to do this. And nobody wants to die, but it's not the worst way you can go from the perspective of a soldier. And I think that there is comfort to be taken from that, even from a grieving mother. I don't know that a lot of them would accept that, but I don't think it's the most callous thing to say but then you put those words in trump's mouth right somebody who has no experience with the military himself certainly and no has only used them as uh you know as a distraction from real issues honestly the you know the veterans even when even when he said he 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 donated what was like five hundred thousand dollars to a veterans organization and then they found out it was just like the letters. He was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I already wrote out the check. I just uh, I haven't mailed it yet." <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering if any of this shit changes anyone's mind. No, I mean because they're right there behind Trump when he's saying they're disrespecting the troops and all. He's got all these people that yeah, America first. We're making America great again because we're going to make America respect our troops. And having just clear, blatant evidence of disregard for the troops. I I think what it's doing is creating something that we won't see unless action's taken. And I'm talking extreme actions like Operation Valkyrie type action against Trump. Mm Mm-hmm before he's out of office or we'll hear about it years down the road when the tell all books start getting written, especially since let's be honest, Trump's not in the best health. He's an older man. You know, if he, if he, you know, stroke, stroke, God forbid, gets, stroke, God, stroke. God forbid gets two, you know, terms and then gets out of office and, you know, has a heart attack five years afterwards. The tell all is going to come flying. 
this is not your typical president. People aren't going to go to their grave taking secrets because they feel that they were obligated to. It's a sense of duty and this and that. Because this man brings no sense of honor or duty to the office. He's completely tore down the office of president to where we don't laugh as hard as we should at the thought of President Oprah Winfrey or President Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. We might chuckle. We might have a snide remark, cute little you know quip, but we don't belly laugh and go, that shit will never happen because he's president. And on top of it, he's the most unprofessional president ever. I think what he's doing is the general public have already made up their mind. Sadly, I think most people fall in the category of, I don't give a fuck as long as gas stays low, I still have a job, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have the people who despise him and the people who support him. And the people who despise him, he's never going to do anything that's ever going to get them to go, you know what, he did a good job on that. And the people who support him, are even more insane because they go, he didn't say that. And if he did, he didn't mean it. And if he did mean it, you didn't understand it. And if you did, it's not a big deal because others have said The only thing that Trump could do to completely lose his base is go back to the Democratic Party like he originally was. I I find it interesting how little of his Democratic history actually comes to light. Nobody, Nobody seems interested in talking about that. But because, yeah, I think, I think you're right because they, they, they understand Trump as merely a tool in in both ways, like as a complete douchebag idiot type of tool and as something that you can use to achieve a goal. Same way you use a shovel to dig a hole if you want a hole. If you want certain policy in your country, Trump is the tool that's going to allow that to happen. And, you know, ultimately, a lot of these people are just worried about the long game. So what if he fucks it? As long as... Long as Nothing blows up too much. As long as we don't have too much disruption of our current system, long-term, he'll be able to put some judges in place and, you know, fuck getting a cake from your, your gay baker. We're like, we just don't have gay bakers. I, I just, I think the people behind the scenes see what he is and either they're Kool-Aid drinkers or there are people that are like, this guy is off the reservation. He's completely floundering out there on his own. He, there's no loyalty anywhere. There's loyalty as long as you say something good about him. But the minute you even have a perceived slight against him, you're off his right. list. And they're going, as, as long as... as long as we have gridlock, as long as people focus on the nonsense like his tweets... And he doesn't really start saber rattling to the point where we have to do something because he's painted us into that corner. I think they're like, we'll we'll let well enough be, you know, just let it alone. But I do think there is a contingent in this government that if he tried to drive us head first into full out hurling nukes at another country war, I, th- I think there would be a coup of some sort, or at least an attempted one. That, uh, I think there's because, the understanding that that's the only reason that General Kelly is still in his position. He and Rex Tillerson are basically hanging out going, look, we, 
it would be irresponsible for us to like this is like watching your friend get drunk and start loading bullets into the revolver and you're like I'm going to go instead of maybe I should hang out and make sure he actually doesn't do anything with that. Yeah. Okay, so so disrespect to the troops probably not going to change anyone's mind. Um I got a couple more that I want to ask you though because we we talked about Bush's speech recently. And I've got some quotes here that I can throw at you so we can get some context for what we're talking about here. Never is Trump mentioned in any of this. But he says, we see nationalism distorted into nativism, forgotten the dynamism that immigration has always brought to America. We've seen a fading confidence in the value of free markets and international trade, forgetting that conflict, instability, forgetting that conflict, instability, and poverty follow in the wake of protectionism. We've seen a return to of isolationism sentiments. Uh, I'm sorry, isolationist sentiments, forgetting that American security is directly threatened by the chaos and despair of distant places. Right. This is a complete rebuke of Trump's general policy on on the world. Uh, there's a couple more. He says, uh, "What we can't have is the same old politics of division that we have seen so many times before that dates back centuries." Some of the politics we see now, though we had to put, though we put that, oh, we thought we put that to bed. That has folks looking 50 years back. It's the 21st century, not the 19th century. <laughs> come on. A little bit of the frat boy always has to come out at some point in a Bush speech. Well, yeah. <laughs> so does George Bush, uh, basically disassociating himself from any of this Trump nonsense. If it was at all unclear, there's no question what page he's on now. Does this change anyone's mind? Does he have maybe, any influence still? Because remember... Maybe like, the, the, maybe the evangelical Christians yeah. who maybe aren't fully on the Trump side because, look, I don't give a... I cannot believe my hardcore, born-again, evangelical, crazy Christian family who just supports Trump and is constantly posting pictures of Melina talking about it. it's so nice to have a classy first lady. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> if that's even really bitch. her. <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> if, Michelle, if Michelle Obama had made lesbian photo shoots... Oh, my God, they'd have never shut up about it. But they oh, just yeah. gloss over it. But I've known enough Christians to know that there's like, and there are very, sorry to the Christians who are out there, if there's any listening, I don't know why you'd listen to this podcast, but if you are, <laughs> you know just as well as I do, there are very few true Christians who, are, who strive to be Christ-like, not just call themselves Christians. And those true Christians... Got to look at Trump and go, you have to be kidding me. There's no way. I cannot throw my support behind this man. This man is the antithesis of Jesus Christ. I cannot support him. And Bush, for all his bullshit, I think he was genuine about his faith. He seems like a very simple-minded person, so it kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of... <laughs> puzzle, piece, puzzle piece A fits with puzzle piece B pretty good. 
<laughs> Simple-minded, whole bunch of faith. I think we just lost. Our, Powerful. I direction. think we just lost our singular Christian listener. <laughs> but I mean, you know, so I think he's genuine. I think maybe that sliver of the Republican Party who's left. Because if I'm a if I'm a hardcore Christian in the Republican Party, I got to be feeling like I've been left behind since 2008, and that's that's something that isn't just isolated to the Republican Party. I've said this multiple times over the last year when people go, <coughs> why aren't you a liberal anymore? I said, I, my views haven't changed. The Democrats and the so-called liberals, I didn't abandon them. They abandoned me. They told me there's no place at the table for my kind. Right. Well, the, and the fuck there's a off. big difference there. I mean, there's some people, the same way that you were distinguishing between Christians and people just that like to call themselves Christians, there's liberals and there's people that like to identify themselves as liberals, right? And people are just identifying with the cause move with the cause, right? So when politics go more left or more right, they go with it because that's where my people are going. Whereas other people just have certain values that tend to be rather constant. And when, when those align with a certain political party, then they support them. But they don't move with the cause. The cause moves and they stay in the same place. And I, I think that's, I don't, I don't know if that's even a minority in this country, honestly. Because we've talked a lot before about how a lot of what drives these these huge arguments on social media, these debates in the news, it's this is driven by the fringes on either side. So you you have a lot of people in the middle who at one time identified as liberal or conservative, their values never changed, and now they find themselves in a situation where they can't even vote for that party, much less come out and say, damn right I'm liberal or damn right I'm a Republican or I'm conservative or I'm or, or whatever you have you you may be. Yeah, definitely. Because the older I get, the more I under I start to understand uh, a lot of the uh, uh, people that I've seen over the years in in on political talk shows and and you know shit like that. Uh, I mean, just case in point of someone who I don't believe has changed their politics, but but the political party that they were always lumped in with has completely shit on them, is Noam Chomsky. Yeah. Noam Chomsky, uh, 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 one of his quotes have been making the rounds recently online about, basically I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me for that, but basically the quote is, if you say you support free speech, yet you want a silent speech you don't like, then you don't even understand free speech, let alone support it. Right. And I watched that get posted in a debate group, and I watched all of the so-called progressives come and attack Noam Chomsky as a fascist <laughs> and a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. Chomsky, a fascist and a Nazi. And then I had to realize these are most likely people who could tell me what school lunch tastes like because they didn't eat it, you know, when that it hasn't been that long ago since they ate it, like you know, earlier today, right? Or the people who talk about they're not out of college; they still have their skinny jeans from high school. Yeah, the people who go, 
I listen to old school hip hop. I like Nelly. You know, yeah, those type of people. And all I can fucking do is go, you people are so devoid of any context of who these people are and his, and where they place in in history, and you don't care that you're ignorant about it. And there's no, there's no like, eh, well, I'll figure it out. Who is Noam Chomsky? Let me look into his politics and see what he said. This is this is why I identify the older I get more and more with a guy like Christopher Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens never called himself, I don't believe, uh, a liberal or a conservative. Mm-hmm. He, I, I believe he, he called himself at one point a libertarian. Because I think that was where if you if you were if you weren't a Republican or a Democrat, that's what you just called yourself for a period of time here in the not too distant past. Yeah, we're, but we're I think still had I th- like left leaning and right leaning libertarians. Yeah, and I, I think I think he ended up just saying basically he's a, a um, he's just like an iconoclast. He's just like I am what I am. I believe what I believe in, and I don't care if it doesn't if it offends you. I don't like religion, so I don't like Christianity, and I don't like Islam. I think they're both equally worthless. And it pissed off a lot of people on the right and the left, and he did not care. Because this is how I see it. These are causes of a lot of the world's problems. Most of the world's wars and a lot of fucking broken people are left in its wake. Fuck all these religions. I don't care if you're as benign as Buddha. You still are trying to sell a bill of goods to people and get them to to to, to basically turn a blind eye to science, fact, and reason. And I don't like it. And that's like, it's almost a revolutionary stance to have in society today. For someone to come out and go, I don't agree with the left, I don't agree with the right. And it's not that I'm not picking a side, I'm on my side. Yeah. I'm not on the sides that you tell me I have to go choose. All right. I'm on the side of, you know, I look at the Constitution and I see that, yeah, I understand it's an abstract idea in the grand scheme of things. But I look at the Constitution and I see that and go, those are our rights. And if you violate my rights and you violate someone else's rights, that's but that's an that, that's unac- that's unacceptable no matter whose rights are being violated. I don't care if they're a Republican or a Democrat. I don't care if I agree with them or I disagree with them. You don't get to shut people up just because you don't like what they got yeah. to say. You don't get to label a whole group of people who you disagree with the most heinous thing you could call someone at, the, at this point in time in, in, in the United States, which is a Nazi or a fascist, and then rationalize and justify preemptive violence against them based on the fact that they said something I don't like, so they're a Nazi and they're a fascist, so let's go beat them up. And, I mean, I've tried to explain to people. I I there's there, I got into a debate with a guy online. He was a black gentleman. He came out and he said that uh, I'm a Chad and I need to go fuck a Becky and have little, you know, uh, uh, cave children and that, you know, that they were kings and we stole their land from and all this shit. And that he don't give a fuck about my life. My life has no value to him. I said, that's the difference between me and you. As a human being, I don't give a fuck about you. You're a useless piece of shit. As a human being, if I saw someone violate your human rights, that then they would not have a problem just with you, but they'd have a problem yeah. with me. 
even though personally, if you were on fire, I wouldn't piss on you to put you out because <laughs> you're that much of a useless fucking cocksucker. <laughs> but you you still have the right to be a useless cocksucker. I don't have the, you've done nothing to warrant me taking your life or to wish death upon you. Is basically, and he he couldn't understand that because he. In his mind, he's black, I'm white, I'm the enemy, fuck me, any means necessary. And I'm like, yeah, but here's the deal. The very country that you hate and you shit on at every opportunity, rightfully so in a lot of ways, is the country that provides you the freedom to be able to say this shit. Take your ass to some of the countries in Africa and try to talk against your leadership. You'll find yourself... Wearing tuxedo shoes, sweatpants, and carrying a machete in some bullshit war at best. At worst, you'll find your head upon a stake as a warning to other people who spoke out against the leadership of whatever tin pot dictator took over the land that you are currently living on. Like, don't, 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 you know, people get it twisted. People want to change, you know, constantly. I hear this about Trump. We got it. You know, Trump, make America great again. That's stupid. We all agree on that. Then you got people on the left to go, America was never great. Okay, well, I get that too. But what is your solution to this problem? Where are we going with this? Because all you're doing is yelling at each other. And there's no solution. The, the only thing it comes down to is, I don't like it, shut it down. You know, and to, to you know, very topical points going on, that dipshit Richard Spencer is fucking going to was it Gainesville? Was that where it was? Here, uh, hold on a second. I got the story up here in Florida. Well, he's not. He's yeah. He's he's going the yeah. University of Florida. He's not going to FSU. Yeah, he's he's going to Gainesville to give a speech. Now, here's what I've said for fucking over a year now. He has a right if someone gives him a platform to go speak, and people have a right to protest. Yes. People have a right to try to shout him down, to make so much noise to where him talking becomes useless. All right. People don't have a right to call in bomb threats, to pull fire Damn. alarms, to assault other people, to break the to law. To think that this is a situation they don't so dire that any say. means necessary is applicable. Yes. And I literally had this conversation with Earl after Sporgy the other night. He goes, how can you defend both sides? I said, I'm not <laughs> defending either side. I'm defending their right, you stupid yeah. fuck. Don't you understand that, mister, you love the flag and all it stands for and freedom? I'm defending their fucking rights. Right. I, the whole thing that we fucking fought for. The flag, freedom, all of it. People want to willfully misunderstand the idea that there is a whole lot of gray area in between make America great again and America was never great. There's a truth somewhere in between there. And yeah, I mean, just like we're, you know, the, I'm not pro Richard Spencer or, or any of his agenda. I'm not anti Black Lives Matter. I'm not pro Black Lives Matter. We've, you know, I. I've told you what my my thoughts about that organization are in general, but it's it, it's a false choice to say that I have to be either, you know, I either have to be pro Black Lives Matter and their right to protest or pro Richard Spencer and his right to free speech. No, I am pro right to protest, pro right to free speech, 
regardless of who it applies to. It isn't about Richard Spencer. It isn't about Black Lives Matter. It's about everybody in this country. Either exactly if don't all if, if we don't all have rights then none of us have rights then the idea of having rights is meaningless it only has meaning if we all accept it as a reality and we have to accept it for a reality universally well a lot of the god and this is you know this is going to be one of those uncomfortable conversations but fuck it maybe it's maybe it's time people start having these and start having them with each other and face to face everyday life not online but with people at work and get the shit out in the open you know but do i agree with anything written i have yeah okay let's put this way do i agree with anything richard spencer says or thinks i don't know i don't know everything he thinks i highly doubt i agree with pretty much anything he's got to say or think however you cannot (laughs) you know you're a nazi just for saying however like right there you're a nazi I just, I don't even, I honestly don't even care anymore at this point. It's like Nazi has become what being called a racist was three, four years mm-hmm. ago. It's where I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. That's all you got? That You blew your load on your opening shot, right. dude. Sorry. You got nothing else after that. Sorry to step on you, though. Um, Go on. But no, no. It's a, but what do you expect when you have a group of people who get together and make everything about race and... They go hard in another group. Now, most of us go, okay, well, these guys are fucking idiots. And we just, you know, ignore it. It's something we just have to put up with. Yeah. Don't don't pay the children attention, and they'll eventually they'll fade back into the white noise of the ether. And then there's a, a small portion who go out, and they go buy tiki torches, and they throw in with the white nationalist, and they're like, well... If it's going to be black nationalism, then I'm going to fight it with white nationalism. I understand certain laws in nature. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. What do you expect? This is It's no different than when we were during, had the Cold War with Russia. And we would build more nukes. So they would build more nukes. So we would build more nukes. So they would build more. It's, 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 it's an arms race between groups of idiots. And look, I understand it. When I first read the autobiography of Malcolm X, and a friend of mine, he's black, and he's like, "Did you actually fucking reading that and understanding it?" And I said, "I don't. I, I understand what, what. What is this? White men can't jump. I can't hear Jimi Hendrix. What?" And he's like, "No." But I mean, do you get where he's coming from when he talks about why he had the feelings for, against white people like he did? Fuck yeah, I do. Because if I was the only white kid. Surrounded by black people, and they treated me like he was treated, I would fucking grow up hating black people. I get it. But I also understand why OJ cut his fucking ex wife's head off. Doesn't mean I condone it. <laughs> All right. I understand a lot of things that I don't condone. Right. I mean, it, it, I, I, I'm capable of doing that. And it's the same way I look at people who are like, we're tired of being told we're evil, we're tired of being told we're useless, we're tired of being told the fact that you had those what? 150 people marching with tiki torches saying you will not replace us, and yes, that's what they started out chanting, you will not replace us, and it morphed into Jews will not replace us, Mm. which is like, I I don't, sorry guys, I don't think khakis 
and striped shirts and polo shirts, the Jews are looking to take over anytime <laughs> soon. You got it. They're you all pretty much that. got that demographic locked down. <laughs> yeah, they they got their fucking well, style. No one's trying to replace you, but you you can't fucking threaten. Excuse me, you can't force everything through the prism of race. And then when someone does this, gives you the same in return, <coughs> say, where is this coming yeah. from? Well, the fuck you mean? Where's it coming I, from? Uh, I had explained to me. Not not directly to me, but uh, listening to a podcast that Mark Bernardin was on, who is a writer and co-host of Fat Man and Batman with Kevin Smith, and he yeah. he explained why there's a difference between uh, black culture and white culture, um, black pride and white pride, why it's acceptable to have to say that you are you're proud of your black heritage, but illogical to say that you're proud of your white heritage. And I know that seems contradictory, but let me see if I can explain this properly. Because a lot of black people that that got to this country did so through slave trade. They were removed from their country and removed from their roots. And they don't they know that ultimately they probably came from Africa, but they have no idea which country in Africa. And so they can't talk about you know, Nigerian pride. Because they don't know if they're from Nigeria. And so that's all that they have is their black pride and their black culture. Now, it's not, that's rarely the case for white people in this country. You know, I know, I'm not interested in my heritage. I didn't, ha I, I'm not like, you know, I didn't do a 23 and me. I didn't get a, a family tree plotted. I just know where my family comes from, just through knowledge and understanding that was handed down through generations, mostly a mix of Scottish and Irish. You know, if as a white person I want to talk about, I want to be proud of my Irish heritage or my Scottish heritage, that's not a problem, and rarely do we criticize that, that type of behavior. But to say that you're proud of your white culture, your white background, that there's this greater white culture that you're part of is completely illogical and racist because you're flat out judging people based on the color of their skin. These other people in this country that have the same skin color as me are all part of that same culture. It's just not the case. And again, you know, why is that acceptable for black people too? Because they, because what other option have they been left with? They don't know their country of origin. So that's all. The, all. If they want to have pride in their culture and their heritage, that's about as close as they can narrow it down is we're all black because we came from Africa. Oh, so, I, so there's, no, there's I, the I difference. Totally get no, I, and I've, I've, yeah, I've seen that, that, uh, that argument put forth online before. And I'm like, I, I understand it, but I also understand that you go back a hundred years, and if you called an Italian a white person, they most likely try to kill you. <laughs> if you called an Irish, if you called an Irish person a, a white person, I, there's is it, I don't know for sure. All I know is what I've been told secondhand through family and friends who've actually lived and and spent time in Ireland. There's still certain parts of Ireland where if you basically say that they're 
part of the UK, you got a problem on oh, your yeah, hands. You got to fight. Quick, big time. Like, you better, you, I hope you paid attention to all them MMA shows you watched because you're going to need some of it type <laughs> shit. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I get that. Now, here's me. When I hear all that, I go, I understand it. But I think it's childish to be proud of something that you had no hand in determining. But then again, I think it's childish to believe in the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. But people do. Mm-hmm. So mostly children. But I mean, I, you know, gay people, just for an example, and so to, just to, to, to give a contrast instead of race, to kind of hit at my point I'm trying to make, gay people have fought very hard and I think have done a goddamn good job of explaining no one chooses to be gay. Yeah. Especially, especially you go back 50, 100 years ago. Why would you? Yep. Why would you do that? Why would you purposely put a target on yourself? Have to live a second life. Have to have a secret Submit life. Submit to chemical castration. <clears throat> yes, yes. And if, and, if, and if you get outed somehow, could be thrown into an asylum and just basically tortured until you go, oh, I'm straight. Yep. I don't like men no more. I like women. Right. You know, and one of the... Something about that car battery really made me like pussy. Yeah, I know, right? Like, no, no, no. I don't need no more electroshock on my balls. I'll fuck a bitch. You know, it can't be as as painful as that. But no, I mean, the final... And I didn't even really need it, but it was just, boom, it sealed the subject for me, was talking to my friend, Corey, who is now my coworker, is going to be my roommate, he's gay, and talking to him at work when it was just him and I at work, and him talking about wishing, when he was, when he was younger, wishing he was straight. He's not even religious, and at one point he said he prayed that if there is a God, he would make him yeah. straight, you know? And the times that he has had sex with women, how he goes, Rich, let me put it to you this way. Gross and squishy. <laughs> Sorry. If, 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 if you thought your life depended on the fact whether you could have sex with a man or not, could you bring yourself to do it? And I'm like, <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's a hard one to answer. <laughs> I mean, gun to my head, I'm, I might be like, you know what? You don't have to fuck a corpse, homeboy. Pull the trigger. I mean, I that's really? like, and I couldn't, I couldn't voluntarily. So you're literally ride and ride or die on that shit. <laughs> I'm not sucking no dick, and I'm not taking nothing up the ass. That's just all there is to it. And honestly, I can't. And here's here's and when I and you know he's laughing about it is what I'm saying because I mean you know I'm at work so I'm putting a hundred on ten I'm I'm amping it up for comedic effect. And I, you know, and I said at one point, I'm like, I can't imagine looking down, getting a blowjob, looking down and gently stroking the guy's buzz cut who's blowing me. And he's like, he's like, now you know how I felt when I had a girlfriend, a quote unquote girlfriend, but it was for the sake of not getting the shit beat out of me in high school. It was all of for appearances and a desire to fit in. I was. Yeah, and we would have sex, and it was like, I don't want to do this. I'm forcing myself to do this. And it's not even 
forcing yourself. Anybody who's been married long enough knows what it's like to have sex with someone you don't want to have sex with. <laughs> That's not that big of a deal. It's forcing yourself to have sex with a person that You're not attracted the to very <laughs> I, the very idea of having sex with that person is disgusting. And I was like, yeah, dude. If you were fucking straight and you chose to be gay, you'd be the dumbest motherfucker I've ever met in my life. If you put yourself through all of that to choose to be gay, then you're stupid. You should have just chose to be straight. And he goes, exactly. And, I, and that's, that's what sealed the deal for me. So if they've worked so hard and they've went to such lengths to try to get straight people to understand it's not a choice. It's the way we're wired. It's a, a chemical reaction, whatever in our brain, whatever the fuck it is, then why the fuck are you proud of it? Now, you could take pride in accomplishments, but to take pride in something that you had nothing, I, I didn't do anything to earn this. I, it, to me, it's like, I, uh, are you proud to be straight? I didn't, well, no, 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 I, right. I did nothing to, I did nothing to be proud of. I was born. Now, it's just like people go, are you proud to be American? Why? Because I was born here? I didn't choose to come here. You know who should have pride? People who immigrate here. They fought to be, especially illegally, they fought to become Americans. They jumped through the hoops. They should have more pride than any natural-born American. But I can be grateful that I'm American without going, I'm proud to be America, America number one, everybody else sucks. I can be grateful to be born here. And believe me, I, I think that's... that's I, how I feel and it's not because I look down on gay people but I'm grateful that I wasn't born gay because I'd have been an angry faggot that's what they'd have called me because I'd have been up in everybody's fuck you fuck you fuck you I'm not hiding shit you got a problem with me come come handle it come see me I'll take you out back and work that ass over one way or the other I mean I, that's how I'd have been because that's just not my nature to hide my who I am from the rest of from the world and so I, I, you know, I, I explained it to him, and he goes, I get what you're saying, and it makes sense. However, there's also an element of, it's almost a self-esteem thing. Pride is almost the wrong thing to say. It's being okay with what you are. Yeah. It's almost like accepting. And if that's the case, then all I can say is, if your self-esteem is that much tied to your, orient, your sexual orientation, your color, your whatever the fuck, then what is so lacking in the rest of your life to where you have to tie your self-esteem to that? And that's the main thing that it's tied to. Like, I don't, and you know, there's someone out there right now going, well, that's that white privilege talking. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it's, it, you should take pride in things you set out to do and you succeed yeah, pride is for achievement. And accomplish. You know, I mean, I have no problem with gay pride parades, black pride parades, whatever the fuck. I don't, I, they don't bother me. I don't go, where's my white pride parade? I don't give a shit. And that's what I don't think a lot of people of other races, other sexual orientations, especially the ones that are at, that, like, that fall on the SJW spectrum, mm -hmm. they're, they're so angry, they don't understand. We don't give a fuck about being white. You know what I care about? Putting food on my table, keeping a roof over my head. And 
the fact that I work next to a gay person, a black person, a woman, a non-binary, whatever the fuck other can, I don't care. When I'm, it doesn't matter to me, you know. And but they don't understand that because it's like, well, that's what that that's what we are. That's what we see. Well, that's your problem. I mean, case in point, I love Living Color, one of my favorite bands ever. Mm-hmm. And on their second album, they had a song that had the lyrics that one of the lyrics was relate to, and it's a black rock group for anyone who doesn't doesn't know who Living Color is. And one of the lyrics was, relate to me as me, not what you see on TV. And I always took that to mean, don't see me as a black man. See me as an individual. Don't see me as a stereotype. See me as an individual. Yeah. And another lyric in that song was, he was referencing rock music. And he said, "This people ask me why I play what I play, but it's my culture, so naturally I use it. And it's here for everybody to enjoy. I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember exactly what the the lyrics were. But it's here for everybody to enjoy. Now, this was written in 1990, on an album in 1990. I just heard an interview with this lead singer who wrote these lyrics. It's 27 years later. And he's preaching against everything he wrote in 1990. It's talking about cultural appropriation. And, you know, I... As a black man, I this and this and this and this, and we have to do this. Is is and it's like that's how that's that's it's how easy it is to get to get start to think along those lines and start looking through shit through that prism. Is that even so? Even someone who twenty seven years ago wrote songs and put lyrics out that I considered, you know, an enlightened way of of viewing the world, of viewing how we view each other has fallen into the trap of everything's identity politics. What do you identify as? That's the most important thing. And this is just, it's just a poison. It's a real poison. I, Aaron, you got to feel like me. you got to be tired of the being caught in the middle of the culture wars of these two fucking groups. Yeah. yeah. Because for the, mo- for the most part, it's nonsense. The, the, the dumbest shit to, to, to take a stand over and and as the phrase seems to be gaining popularity, die on that hill, they'll they fucking look for the most nonsensical bullshit from Halloween costumes to well, if you're white and you rap, are you are you stealing black culture? To you know, if you if you're if you're Asian, you can't wear hoop earrings because that's appropriating African culture. What the fuck? I mean, just nonsense. This is the shit they come up with. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. And the rights, the rights know better. To me, their bullshit, their version of the SJW is the, oh, they kneel during the national anthem. Boy, they're disrespecting our troops and the flag and yeah. mom and apple yeah, pie. they're playing just as much identity politics as they claim the leftists. They just have a different identity. And, it's, and when, you, when, you, you know, when you get to the point where I'm at, you just check out and refuse to play the game. You know, you just go, nope. I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm, I refuse to because it's it's a zero sum game. There's no way to win. It just drives a wedge in between us. And I mean, it, it, the the like the idea that you go to college and you get an education and you learn what you're going to need to know through that education for your career. 
seems to have gone to the, it's almost a, a it's almost an afterthought it's now you go to college and you find out depending on your race your sexual orientation your economic status you find out where on the oppression totem pole you fall and then the lower you are in that totem pole the more you have to do the walk of shame the more contrition you have to show you have to walk with your head held you know hanging hanging low because 250 years ago somebody who who maybe had the same skin tone as you did something that someone else you know that uh, that fucked over someone else so that's horrible and all this shit and it's like it it spread it spread all over the place and we and we always say on the show it's a, it's a very vocal minority but man that minority is not as small as we think it is and it's getting bigger every day more and more people are fucking choosing up sides and it's tiresome it's tiresome for me because i'm like i'm on the side of fucking righteousness i'm on the side of freedom on the we were born absolutely free and depending on what country we were born in is how many rights we got fucked out of our fight shouldn't be with each other our fight should be for the rights that we were born with that's how come i say white privilege fuck white privilege it's not privilege it's not privileged for someone to respect your rights it's not a privilege that's what they're supposed to do you have the same rights as i do you're just being denied your rights so let's go get your fucking rights let's take them back Let's get the people out of office who want to fucking make it illegal for you to get married because you're gay. Let's get people out of office who try to keep fucking women out of the, you know, the the, the CEO offices of Fortune 500 companies. I'm all for that. What I'm not for is sitting around tearing down entire groups of people to make other groups of people feel better about themselves because you're going to run into resistance. You're going to have Richard Spencer's. You're going to have Milo's. And what happens? How big of a shitstorm do you think is going to pop off? Yeah. I mean, the fucking, the, the governor declared a state of emergency before this asshole ever set foot in the state. Yeah. What's yeah. And if you me? didn't just already assume this, we have actual proof of the fact that these guys, like Milo and Richard Spencer, part of their agenda is to make sure that there is a controversy there. I mean, Ultimately, neither Milo or Richard Spencer or anybody with the similar ideals really gives a fuck if they get to speak at anywhere, at any campus or any event. It's about being invited and people showing up to protest it because there's no such thing as bad press. So, you know, again, like we were saying before about this, as much as you do, I support anyone's right to protest. I support people's right to go and protest Richard Spencer. I just don't think it's a very good idea. I don't I don't see what's to be gained by it other than Richard Spencer gaining more followers on Twitter. Yeah, but I mean I think that the followers he does gain and the people that will come over to his way of thinking were people who were already thinking that way anyways. That's that's yeah. where the false narrative of he's going to con- if you okay something that I was told in high school made so much sense to me if no one was afraid of what you had to say they wouldn't try so hard to keep you from saying it 
if they knew you were going to go out there and spew bullshit, why would they? Why would they fight so hard to stop you from saying it? Go out there and expose yourself as the jackass you know you are. But if they stop you from saying it, you get sympathy from a, a certain group of people. Yeah, you're and, martyred. And you're mar. Exactly. And people who are sitting, maybe you know, to the right of center, and going, I don't agree with this white nationalist shit. I don't agree with this Nazi shit. But you know what? God damn it. I'm tired of fucking anybody on the left can stand up and say any goddamn stupid ass fucking thing they want. And we all got to stand up and applaud and it gets, you know, run on the, on, on the news and everybody acts like it's the best thing since fucking sliced bread. Yeah. Anybody who has a dissenting opinion gets shouted down, doesn't even get to be heard. So fuck that. I mean, that's, it's so fucking ironic that we're both old enough to remember when we were kids, it was the left fighting for free speech because the right was trying to always shout them down. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the Christian right or the conservatives, you know, shut up, no one wants to hear your shit, put labels on albums, we got to, you know, can't have kids see movies, you know, and put ratings on television shows and can't have books and, and magazines well, to see this shit. Now the left is doing the exact same thing. And, I'm like, how do you not see? This is not that long ago. This is 30 years ago. You guys have flipped sides when it comes to this issue. Well, you know. Doesn't that tell you that you're extremist on both sides and it's not meet this new boss, same as the old boss? We've, we've gotten nowhere in 30 years. But part of that comes from the fact that there there's no such thing as uh, as any any individual right for 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 anyone to be ultimate, right? We have limits on all of our rights that, and there are limits that we try to agree on as a, as a majority. It just doesn't always happen in that fashion. Um, you know, it's always, it's, I don't know. It's not that clear cut as to say it's about pro free speech or anti free speech for for the longest time in this country we've always had an idea of that free speech is an ideal ideal that we strive to achieve understanding that there are situations there are clear situations where those rights have to be taken away i mean the same the same way any other uh right that anyone enjoys you know i have the right to get in my car and drive across state lines anywhere in this country that I want to, as long as I'm not on private property, as soon as I run my car into somebody, that's where my rights stop. You know, when when your rights start affecting other people and start restricting their rights by you expressing, uh, uh, you expressing yourself in some fashion. So, there has to be kind of there certainly has to be a discourse and a back and forth and certainly these things will change. I mean that that is part of the brilliance of the way that this country is set up is that it's a it's a malleable document that that was created that says people are going to change and as they change they'll have different needs and we need to make sure that the law keeps up with the people and doesn't become obsolete and therefore abandoned or ignored because you can't have a cohesive state like that. But yeah, it, it, certainly there's times where certain groups go to extremes, where they go too far in the idea of protection. And in, like liberals in the 90s, protecting the kids, they went a little too far in what they 
thought would, should be reasonable to you know, do something which seems like a, a very reasonable idea on its surface, keep kids from encountering violent and and sexual things in, in media. But it's not really that cut and dry. And now we've got, you know, your right wing extremists who are saying the same things about, uh, well, for example, immigration. A lot of the talk about immigration, while it may be at base racist or just xenophobic, the reason given is safety, protection. We don't want just anyone coming into this country because then you let all these criminals in and look what happens. Even though statistically it's proven over and over again across the whole fucking country that my, that people who come into this country, especially illegally, do not commit crimes. Not ever. Everyone Out, can find examples. Outside, outside of being here illegally. That's, 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 that's the crime they're guilty of. Right. If, if you want oh, to yeah, get yeah, right yeah, down yeah, to yeah, it. Yes, the, but if I'm if I'm someplace I'm not supposed to be under threat of imprisonment or deportation, back to a country that I fought to get right. away from, I, the last thing I'm going to do is stick my head up and make a bunch of noise and draw attention to myself. Right. I'm going to keep my head down, work hard, and try to stay the fuck off the radar. Right. It's you, just you like sneak, when you go to boot camp. Or you sneak into the, like the 21 and up show, and you're like, well, I'm not going to act a fool here. Because <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Somebody's going to kick me the fuck you know, out. You know, it, <laughs> like, it's, it's just like in, in boot camp with the military. Yeah. The best. The, <laughs> I've had so many people tell me this over the years, including former drill instructors. The best place to be if you don't want to catch hell is dead center middle of the pack. Because if you stand out because you're so good, they're going to fuck with yeah. you. And if you stand out because you suck so bad, they're going to fuck with you. I've had former drill instructors tell me they've had graduating platoons who they would call people's name and they'd go, who the fuck is that? (laughs) And they've been commanding them for 13 weeks because they just, they did everything they were supposed to do. They, they didn't stand out as one of the best and didn't stand out as one of the worst, you know? And I would imagine if I was in a situation where I was in a country illegally, that's where I would fucking go. But we also get this bullshit, these bullshit lies from the left, just like about a month ago when we were talking about the Dreamers, that article that claimed that of the 2,000 or whatever people that were here underneath that act, none of them had ever committed a crime. And we all were like, well, that's bullshit. Out of 2,000 people, somebody's going to break the law eventually. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm- and, sure as shit, and sure as shit, they did. But the left was pushing his... No, they're all angels. No. Right. Some of them got busted for drugs, which to me is like, look, is that a crime? It's only a crime because the law says but so you, in my mind, but, but whatever. But you can't win that argument by by phrasing it in a false manner like that because it's too easy for then the right to cherry pick and find those, you know, 12 kids out of a uh, out of 2000 that ran ran across uh some trouble with the law. Which is well exactly. below it's the like, national average for just people in general, and it's just like the thing with the tr- the transgendered bathroom yes. issue. Yeah, because so many people on the left said it's never happened. The right was like witch hunt. 
We're going to find us. I've heard of three cases since the shits first popped off. Now, what's ironic is the right is so outraged by these three cases of someone assaulting somebody, a transgendered person or person posing as one, assaulting someone in a bathroom. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Three out of how many ever hundreds of thousands of transgender people there are. That's unacceptable. Yet all the gun violence, that's an ex- that's acceptable. We just have to take that because that's the price of freedom. Yeah. You know, and it's like you're a hypocrite. Stop it. Right. right? On that on that just basis, stop with the bullshit. it's unacceptable that we are piping electricity into all of our houses. Everywhere in this country there's electricity and it kills thousands of people a year. Why are we yep. putting up with this? But see, I think I think for whatever reason, a discussion we're not having in this country when it comes to a lot of this shit. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's so uncomfortable is it's easier to frame it as a political party, a race, a sexual orientation, a gender, whatever. But uh, I, I, it's not to me. I, I've never grown up thinking one race is superior to another. Just inherently superior. I've never thought a straight person's life is worth more than a gay person's life, etc., etc. But I do believe this, and I believe this with all of my heart. And if someone if someone shows me, gives me facts for me to fucking look at, I, and proves me wrong, I will change my mind accordingly. Having said that about race and sexual orientation and gender, I do believe there's cultures that are better than others. And I believe there's a lot of toxic cultures out there. And I, I mean, I could start right at home. I believe the, 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 the super uber religious people, that's a toxic culture. Yep. I'm sorry. The, the fact that rabbis chop the foreskin off of a newborn baby and suck its dick until it stops bleeding is disgusting to me. Same as it's disgusting that there's sects of Islam or or. or you know, whatever, offshoots of Islam, whatever the fuck they're called or would be considered, who think female genital mutilation is somehow a sacred, like, sacrilegious act. Yep. Or not sacrilegious, but you know what I'm saying. It, it's it, it's disgusting to me, you know. And, yeah, there's a lot. Sacred. People, this is going for it. sacred. Thank you. That's what I meant to say. The, the cold medicine is starting to kick go. in. That's I'm going to get my words mixed <laughs> up. <laughs> but, no, I – but, no, I – I, I truly believe that. I mean, I'm sorry. If you live in a culture or come from a culture that says if the father dies, then the mother has to get the son's permission to do anything, the oldest living son, that is, that's bullshit. That's, why, is, why is she being treated like a second-class citizen simply because of the accident of the gender of her birth? That's horseshit. That's a shit culture, and it needs to be fucking called out on. That's that's where we need to call shit out. The problem is it flies in the face of what the liberals and the SJWs think they're fighting against. I've literally had conversations, and I go, how can you give a blind eye to Islam and all the sexist, chauvinistic, anti-feminist, anti-gay shit that goes on in that religion, yet savagely attack every Christian you can find here in America. And they go, because 
And I, this is literally an answer I've heard multiple times. Because Islam are the underdogs in this country. So? Does that excuse all that? So if I... So anybody who's not the majority gets a free pass simply because of their minority status? Stop and think about that statement and how dangerous that is. Where that road leads to. That road leads to a, sep- a, a, a separate set of standards in a society that they want to be quote-unquote equal for every person. Oh, what, what, what ethnic group are you a part of? That's okay that you did that. And isn't that like kind of like some half-ass racism anyways? Like mm-hmm. to go, oh, what, he's black and he did that? Well, he doesn't know any better. What kind of fucking backhanded racism is that shit? This is once again, glad I wasn't born gay simply because I'd be the most militant gay person ever. And I'm definitely glad I wasn't born black because I'd have been assassinated by now. Because the first white person that said that shit to me, I'd have slapped the shit out of. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Right. Oh, you speak so well. What am I, a fucking retard? Of course I speak fucking well. I'm an educated man. Fuck you. Come at me with that bullshit. But that's... That's the that's the side that is fighting for these people and being a voice for these people. So we just turn a blind eye towards it. And it's really not about race. It's about culture. And I'm sorry. If you're black and you're born here and none of your family wears dashikis and talks with cliques, you ain't got African culture, homeboy. You got American culture. And it's fucked up. There's a whole lot of fucked up things in American culture that I could call out. Well, yeah, but most cultures are developed almost exclusively of the people that make them up. And, you know, there's there's somewhat of a cohesiveness there. And you, you have uh, black people in this country who have to find their own culture and what it means to be black in America in a culture that in, that didn't even consider them real people until recently. I get that. But if you want to get right down to brass tacks, like they didn't develop this most, country. They're just trying most, to survive in it. If you, if, and I agree with that statement. My only problem is I'm a Nazi racist, fascist asshole because I would amend it and say, most of us are just trying to survive in this fucking shit. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I've pointed this out and I've never had a black person, especially an older black person who is either from the South and moved up here or had family who was from the South and they were just the first generation born above the Mason Dixon line, like myself, who disagree with me. There's quote-unquote black culture has more in common with redneck hick culture, basically southern culture, if you want to be polite about it, than any other culture in this country. Those two cultures are damn near interchangeable. Yeah, because it's it's about being poor in the south. Exactly. From the language that's used, the food that's eaten. I mean, does everyone... this, This is, to me, this is... This is... I wouldn't call it white privilege, but I've ran across it. I, white obliviousness because it's just, it's just ignorance. But I don't know if it's willful on their part. It's just they've never stopped to think about it. And no one's ever told them. Why the fuck do you think fucking black people and southern people eat chitlins and pig's feet 
and all this shit, because that was what was left over. That was the scraps that was given to them. Mm -hmm. And so they made the best of it. They did the best of what they could do with it. But if you come from some bougie-ass, waspy, fucking New England white family with money, you've never thought about that shit. Right. Why? Yeah, why do Scottish people eat horrible, crazy shit? Yeah, haggis. Why? Right. Why? Because they were poor, and that's what they could right, afford. Right, because they had they the did ancestors the best that they went could. through famines. <laughs> and, like, God damn it, if you got your hands on a live animal, you're going to eat every goddamn part of it. Hey, what are we eating tonight? Stovetop and pickled right. goat's asshole. <laughs> yeah, we okay, all right. We worked our way down to the ass and tail. <laughs> But I, I mean, it's it, it, and these are just. I mean, these things are just. They're they're just facts. They're just the truth. It, it They don't have an agenda. They're not angry at anybody. They're not trying to win and help anybody prove a point. These are just the way things are. What? And when you take when 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 you try to divide that and go. And you tell, try to tell very poor white people from the South and very poor black people from the South whose culture is almost exactly the same, that they're completely separate people and you're completely different, you have nothing in common, and it's based solely on the color of their skin. I, that's the racism. Right. That's racism. Well, you, my general problem with culture in general as a concept is the fact that I mean it's so it's so fuzzy. Where do you where do you draw the line? Because it seems always very convenient where you draw the lines. It's like gerrymandering a district, right? We'll just take these lines and draw out all the people that we want to be in our district. And the same way that somebody can say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm a Catholic." And, okay, so what about the you know, people who've done horrible things in the name of, or I'm a Christian, or I don't know, might seem, my theology is very weak, forgive me, but, you know, identify with some, one of these religions, and you can easily point out, well, what about, you know, these wars that were done in, in the name of, uh, of this religion, or all these priests that molested these poor altar boys or whatnot? Well, no, that's not part of what, you know, I've drawn my, I've gerrymandered my beliefs around that. I can conveniently like that's Pope just, says, uh, you know, no, no premarital sex. Well, we all have premarital. I just you know draw a line around that, cut that one out, and, and make my own version see, of it. it. But in the same way, that, because uh, just to finish my point real quick, we build all this culture and justify it based on history, right? Where do we get all this from? The people who came before us that handed this culture down to us, these traditions. Okay. Well, how far back do you go? When do you draw that line between where your culture starts and there was something else before that, right? <laughs> back, to, I mean, because if you want to deem that history is important to your <coughs> culture, that culture goes back all the way back to fucking Pangea when this was all one continent and there was only f one fucking race of people. Mm-hmm. So what does your culture really yeah, mean? Good. Where do you, where do you just yes. in the birth in the evolution of of humans that led to you here now? Where do you reach back and can just conveniently draw this line and go? Here's where my culture started, and this is what I'm proud of. Everything that happened with my generations of people from this branch of the tree on out. Well, see, that's one of the things that is that used to be a a, a pro. 
for the for the United States. At least we gave it lip service. Yeah, which our, was we're the melting yeah, pot. Our strength would be and has been that uh, we would gain our strength from taking on all ideas and figuring out what makes exactly. sense ultimately. It's not about culture. Like, what did you grow up with? A king who told you, you know, who dictated your life and you, you paid ta- all your, most of your money to and restricted your freedoms, you know, because generations upon generations of people were raised underneath kings and didn't think anything of it because they didn't know any better. There was nobody going, hey, we don't have to listen to this guy. How about if we all get together and vote this guy to be uh, our representative leader? And then we can dispose the, the, with this uh, king bullshit. But, yeah, I mean, the whole idea was that we we are not tied to a culture that will dictate our lives, that we do have a chance to start over again and look at things analytically and go, it's not... It, it, we keep the ideals of freedom here and start building our 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 uh, society around it, getting to that point and just looking at like things from all cultures, what works and what doesn't, you know, and that even this in itself gets into like semi-racist territory. But but is but, it really racist or is it just is it just going look all cultures. I don't know any culture that's all negative or all positive. Right, like the Germans—they're good at um, you know precision and you know and just manufacturing in general. And you know, Scottish—I don't know—or Irish—they got good work ethic at least. <laughs> well, I mean, a, a uh, lot of a lot of a lot of you know what we have. Or what, not what we have now, but what started off as far as seafaring was from Scots building. There you go. Yeah, they they were they were good they were good engineers and and, and shit like that at building boats. That's that's why Scotty was. I love that no one ever picked this up on Star Trek. It's kind of a stereotype. It'd be yeah. like if the cook was a black guy and on Star Trek, and all he ever put made was fried chicken. <laughs> And 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 his and his name was and his name was Colonel Sanders, you know. I mean, like they literally had a Scotsman named Scotty be an engineer on a ship in space, you know. That, that is, you know, it is, it is, it is stereotype upon stereotype upon stereotype. But like it wasn't ever played. It, is it, like one of those berets in a bagpipe. <laughs> and eventually they put them in that in the next generation, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I think I think when he made his cameo on, on the next generation, at one point he was in a kilt. So, I mean, you know, but I, that's that goes that goes without saying. And that's part of the problem is that people just want to cherry pick shit. Look, yes, Europeans came over here. Fucked up the indigenous people that were here. All right. Sorry. We're taking your shit. That's all there is to it. Don't like it. Do something about it. They tried. They lost. All right. Now, there's so many people I've met in my life. Usually, this is this is the cry of, of the racist white person 
who don't want to give anybody who's black or or you know Latino or Indian. When I say Indian, I mean like from India, yeah. yes. you know, Asian, whatever. Any credit, they go. What, what all these black people and, and Mexicans and, 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 and Orientals bitching about? You never even hardly see three American Indians in the same fucking room. That was that was their that was their way of being enlightened. <laughs> well, it's like okay, let, let's 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 just let's just stop the bullshit for a second here. They all the all these tribes didn't live in peace before we showed up. I mean, according to the Mayans' own fucking records, they slaughtered eighty thousand people in four days, as to to, to to for some sort of consecration for a temple they built, cut the hearts out of them and threw them over a fucking cliff, and we've found through archaeology piles and piles and piles of bones in this area. So maybe even if the numbers are inflated and it wasn't eighty thousand. Damn sure it could have been eight thousand. Now, yeah. does that sound like does that sound like peaceful people living in one with nature and peace, love, dope, past peace pipe, and you know, hey, we're going to send a smoke signal over to the other tribe. How are you doing? Very well. Yeah. How are you today? Very well. Do you need a hand with anything? No, thank you. But it's such a wonderful day, and thank you for offering bullshit. Well, Bullshit. The, the Mayans and the Incans too. I mean, the the decimation of their people happened at a much faster race, rate than the Native Americans in the uh, in North America. It, I mean, when the Spaniards came over, they settled in pretty goddamn quick, and then over the course of the year, wiped out uh, like eighty percent of the population. Egg, yeah, but it, okay. But I, I, here's my question. Why? Why does? Why? Why is do? Yeah, exactly. Spaniards did that. So why, as white people, we supposed to feel this like crushing guilt? Are oh, I'm sorry. So people from Spain are white now? Is it or is or are you just conveniently lumping together people to try to make a point as you cherry you know, pick from history? The, the guilt is the, is interesting though. Because I, I wonder if there's something a little more primal to it because. It, being a predominantly white nation, right, and a pre predominantly Christian nation, those two things uh, are not a coincidence. And yeah, yeah, it wasn't. We didn't just throw darts at a dartboard and go. That's what we're going right. to go with. And it seems like there's a lot of guilt in general involved in the Christian religion, and now we have, you know, kind of. They talk about church numbers going up and down, but let's talk about things that I don't think you could ever get real statistics on. How many people really believe this shit? Really believe in going to hell? How many people going to church and walking the walk and talking the talk really at the end of the night are like, gosh, you know, I took the Lord's name in vain this morning. I masturbated last weekend, like, I'm going to hell for sure. The devil's going to be there with the pitfork. He's going to throw me on the flaming pit. Like, nobody's really buying all of this shit. But they still have this guilt because it's almost been, like, baked into their genes. You're talking about generations after generations of these white people being being raised with, like, some form of, of like, uh, 
religious guilt, you know, just with the concept of just being born in sin, right? Yeah. You, well, you, you, say, you're yeah. born in the hole and you got to work your way out of it. Exactly. And so, you, so that, that guilt is, is then baked into your DNA, but your actual belief in the consequences of going to hell are dissolving amid the reality of scientific discovery in the world around you and the expansion of the consciousness of the human mind. But the guilt didn't go anywhere. Where does it go? It's got, it's turning inward, right? I mean, there's nothing, the story of the birth of this nation is just as bloody and violent and horrible as any birth of any revolution in the history of the world, any civilization, none of them have been conflict-free. And there is nothing that makes America unique in, in, in any of those respects. I mean, maybe being on the forefront of technologies that allowed us to do these things at an increased rate, maybe. But ultimately, yeah, I mean... I think that's part of what it is. It's just a, well, I, a built-in compass to point towards guilt that they that a lot of people in this country don't know what to do with anymore. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in true consequences in the afterlife, but they still feel the guilt that they have to direct somewhere and they have to come up with a reason for it. I, yeah, and I've never really thought about it that way, but... I, I mean, just pulled this out way, of that on my just, ass just now. <laughs> I don't well, know no, if I've ever put that together. You either. know, it's 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 you know it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you you know if you go to quit, let's say drinking, and you just wake up and go, "I'm going to quit drinking," and you don't fill that void in your life that drinking used to take right. up with something else, you're going to go back you're to gonna, drinking. You're going to go back to drinking, or you're going to find something else just as damaging. Exactly. I was going to say just as self-destructive. Because yep. you're not attacking the root of your problem. Exactly. It usually stems from some, I mean, it's some like, sort of depression, and that usually stems from, well, I mean, take your pick, some sort of, some yeah, sort of yeah, abuse, something somewhere, some neglect, or just... Unresolved issues. Yeah, or, yeah. or just, yeah, just being I mean, born with too big of a brain. <laughs> And and not and overthinking and, and not knowing how to balance that with the the idea that you're still just an animal. I mean, that's a lot of what everybody well, you know, deals with. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I've I've tried to explain to people when I've gotten into debates or arguments with them, and they're like, "What do you mean you don't feel white guilt?" And I say, "Look, just because because I didn't do it, I didn't right. do anything. I, gotta, I didn't do I anything. Got plenty. I can feel guilty that as a result of my own actions. So." <laughs> I'm, I'm exactly. all set there. Exactly. <laughs> if if I could if I could remember the kid's name, <laughs> he's now an adult. Look him up, and and the kid that that I just beat the shit out of, just to do it in school one yeah. time and apologize and you know try to make make it right. I would. I feel guilty about that. I don't feel guilty for shit that my parents did. I don't feel guilty for shit that my friends did. I don't feel guilty for shit that my forefathers did. All right. Now, just because I don't feel guilty for it doesn't mean I turn a blind eye to the bullshit they did. Mm -hmm. I can acknowledge that they did fucked up shit, but that doesn't mean I have to feel guilty for it. And that's ultimately 
what gets lost in these conversations is, what do you want? Do you want people who never committed these acts to walk around seeking like some sort of redemption for these acts, even though they never committed them? Or do you want them to acknowledge the fact that they happened, acknowledge the fallout from those acts, and be conscious of that fact so they don't repeat those same fucking things? To me, one is productive one is spinning your wheels. One's pissing on someone's leg telling them it's raining. It, if I'm conscious of the, the fuck-ups that my family, people that look like me, people that come from the same area of the world that my ancestors did, whatever, that the fuck-ups that they committed, if I'm conscious of it, okay, and I acknowledge it, okay, then we can start to learn from it and move on from it. But we're stuck in this... We want to freeze frame history in this country, and we want to fucking berate people who won coming out of that point in history. I don't know if this is done in other cultures around the world. I don't hear the Moors having to apologize to Northern Italy for doing all that fucking for invading it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's a reality that's not bullshit i actually thought of you the other day when i was listening to um ah, shit i think that oh it was it was um it wasn't radio lab it was radio labs uh spin-off show more perfect which is all about stories covering supreme court decisions and they were talking about uh dred scott which was uh uh, you know, my memory is failing me on, uh, exactly on this, but it was basically a decision where um, Dred Scott was a slave that actually w- tried to go through the legal process to achieve his freedom and to establish himself as an individual that had just as many rights as anybody else in the country. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and was um, and he was denied. He didn't get his full citizenship that he was fighting for, and there was one specific judge that uh, that basically um, wasn't solely responsible, obviously, because it takes a you know majority of the judges to make a decision. But there was one that was very vocal about his decision as to why Dred Scott wasn't a citizen. Not to get too much into the details of that, but um, the, what they were following in this story is this organization that that has developed in modern times of the descendants of Dred Scott and the descendants of this judge that was seen as the main antagonist to shooting down Dred Scott's plea for his freedom. So you had black people and white people you know that were coming together out of a out of an idea of unity like we all share this common horrible past and you know we're looking for ways to to overcome that by coming together right <clears throat> one of the descendants of the judge gets up and speaks before the the group at this meeting that they're having and, you know, he talks some about why they're there and what they want to achieve and where they go in the future, and then goes into this apology for his ancestor, this clearly racist judge uh, that was the deciding vote and the vocal deciding vote in this horrible opinion and denying somebody their, their rights to be just a full person in this country. And 
in the in the interviewer afterwards sat down with one of the descendants of Dred Scott, the slave, mm-hmm. and asked him, what did you think about his speech? And he said, well, you know, he said some really nice things about this and that in our organization. And he's like, I really kind of shut down when he went into the apology. It just really turned me off because it, and I, this is me extrapolating from here to be clear, but okay. my understanding of that is like, it, it achieves nothing, Right. Like, they're all getting together with this idea that we're going to take our common history that's fucked up and try and make the best out of it that we can. And he's he's apologizing for something that he didn't do. Where does that get us? It's not a starting point for anything. It's It doesn't mean anything. I know he didn't do it. I'm not mad at him. And it just... Therefore, is what are you left as an option for what, what does this achieve other than grandstanding? And so that that individual can get a round of applause for how not racist he is. It's meaningless. That's pretty much how I feel. I mean, I I usually put it in in a little bit more colorful way than I heard Doug Stanhope put it, because it made sense, was, uh, why should I lug around dead people's baggage? I got enough of my own. You know, I've created enough bullshit for me to worry about that I've done in my lifetime than to start digging up people who I have a connection to, but were dead a hundred years before I ever drew my first breath on this planet and start trying to make amends for their sins and their wrongdoings. I mean, I think one of the most on point biting pieces of social commentary, the show family guy ever did was the episode where Peter finds out, He's part black. So, and this being Family Guy, of course, they, they go off the fucking rails with it. So Cleveland, his black friend, takes him to the black people meeting. Because <laughs> Peter's now black. And because all black people have meetings, of right, course. Right. And uh, at this meeting, you know, it's almost like an AA meeting. Okay, so did any of our fellow brothers and sisters here find any of the ancestors of their former slaveholders? And Cleveland stood up and said, I did, but they're now poor white trash, so they paid in reparations the only way they could, Rice Krispies treats. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. Exactly. I understand that people can go, my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, depending on their age, was a slave. But my great-grandparents were sharecroppers which is one step above an indentured servant, which is one step above a slave. I, I don't... What, what, what the fuck? Who, what power did they the exert over anybody? You can't compare them. It's not the same. I know, you, but I know you're not. It, but. it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't... Even if I am comparing it, what, what evil did they... And, and, and power did they hold over anybody when they're sharecroppers? probably work in the same fucking fields as some of the black people that fucking supposedly we owned. I, I, I had family members do the whole genealogy thing, and guess what? Unless there's a huge conspiracy in my family and someone spent a lot of time and money covering shit up, we never owned slaves. Yeah. In fact, you can trace us directly back to Northern Ireland 
less than 200 years ago. So you want to get right down to it? I should stand my happy plastic patty ass up and say, not my monkey, not my circus. I ain't got a dog in this fight. Y'all motherfuckers were enslaving these motherfuckers before we ever came here. Yeah. And when we got here, we were no better than them in the eyes of the rich white people who were trying to keep everybody who wasn't a rich white male landowner down. And, and a lot of it would be nice in an ideal world that if uh, if poor black people from inner cities could actually get together with poor people in the South and realize that they actually have a common enemy that's more dangerous than either perceived threat that they think that they have to that the other group uh, other side might have to them which is the government the system in general and there's a lot of overlap in the places where the government and the system has the their proverbial boot on on the neck of these people and i guess that, that it goes back to i think where we kind of started with this episode i don't maybe where we never really got away from, which is that organizations like Black Lives Matter, their only problem is they're too narrow. You know, they should actively seek out examples of where this is happening to white people too. It should be, this is happening to us and you should be concerned because it's happening to you too. And 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 it's not just black people that can be pulled out of a car and and damn near executed illegally. It does happen to people in this country, and it's about police brutality, police uh, misuse of power. And, you know, and I want to piggyback on that because with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing coming out a couple weeks yeah. ago, you know, they have the 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 hashtag Me Too that. I don't know exactly who came up with the idea. Uh, but, I believe you know, it was Alyssa Milano. I knew it was. I knew it was either. I thought it was her or Ashley Judd. I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, I. I think that that was the first time that I saw it, and then I saw others refer to her as the, the birth of that hashtag. There were a lot of hashtags going around that were uh, calling for some sort of solidarity amongst women who had been uh, taken advantage of some way in of in some way or another, but they all tended to be really long. <laughs> and then Alyssa Milano was just yeah. like, me too. And everyone's like, yep. Everyone's like, Now, something I noticed is I started seeing reports of men in the music industry in Hollywood, usually get men who were children or teenagers who started their career in the music industry or Hollywood using the hashtag too, to the point where I've seen a couple interviews. Tom Hanks was interviewed. Terry Crews was interviewed. And the last one I saw was, believe it or not, Mr. It's Not Unusual Tom Jones. And he recalled without naming any names, because he said, you know, the dude's dead, blah, blah, blah. It's done. It's over with. But when he was young and he was getting into the industry, uh, apparently someone in the industry tried to force themselves on him. And from everything I gathered, it was a male. Okay. So okay. so I, I saw that and I was like, okay, 
and I'm just waiting. Where's where's the other shoe going to drop? When's, when when am I going to hear these pissed off women go, God damn it, every time we try to do something, men got to make it about them. And I wasn't hearing it, and I was shocked. And then I realized I put way too much faith in humanity because I hopped online today and started doing, you know, reading articles and researching for tonight's show, and sure as shit, here came the fucking radical feminist. Men can't be molested. Men can't be raped. Men can't be sexually harassed because they hold all the power. So how can a man be harassed? Even if another man does it, it's not the same. And all this shit. And I'm like, once again, we, can, we, we have something that we all agree, unless we're fucked up human beings, is disgusting, reprehensible behavior. We right. all have an enemy to agree needs to go that this this type of behavior and this type of mindset and this type right. of culture and these that needs to we need to get it out of here and they have to fucking divide us yeah because they can't just go <laughs> it happens to guys too nope it has to be why you guys steal our shit well because they're well, not wrong they're just yeah. not seeing the bigger picture you know the you know the fact that this is about power should should make them understand that this isn't just drawn by lines of sex. Now, are there more men in positions of power, more men producers and directors? Absolutely. So naturally, you're going to find that this happens predominantly with men in power, uh you know, taking advantage of women who are, you know, looking for a job opportunity, just connections in general, what have you. But that doesn't mean that it, that it doesn't happen. And there have been guys who have, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, well, I can give you a real good example. That's been drug out. Unfortunately, it's been drug out by the right wing press. And I don't understand why the mainstream media has let the right wing press, co-opt this story but Corey feldman was on the view in 2005 2006 and spoke out about how child molestation and being coerced into sex acts happens all the time with child actors male and female and barbara walters sat there after he told his story and said how can you get on national tv and disparage an entire industry Based on a few anecdotal episodes. <laughs> and it pisses... It, this is what I'm saying. You So, ultimately, the people who are going, we want to stop this shit from happening, stop sexual assault, you know, get it out of the culture of these industries, have no problem if a, if a guy puts me to and tells his story. It's, the, it's, it's these butchy-ass... Agenda of Rage Diesel Dykes, who got to fucking start this bullshit and make it all about their little pet cause, and the whole world centers around them and their narcissistic nonsense, and it just fucks everything. No, Rich, up. Are, I think you're being too narrow. I think, I honestly, this is not the, the outrage that I've seen over any guy trying to quote unquote appropriate the hashtag has been universal well I shouldn't say universal it's not every woman but it's across the scope 
It, it's not. Well, if it, I uh, then I then, then let me amend my statement. Fuck the, the group I described. Okay. For <laughs> doing what they're doing, and fuck any group I haven't seen who's doing what that group's doing, just as equally as the group I described. Fuck them. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just like this shit. We talked about Kevin Smith, and you know him basically being taken under the wing of Harvey Weinstein. Right. All right. Well, the the usual suspects came out and said, "Well, white privilege, white straight male Kevin Smith made his fortune and learned and learned his his craft and learned trade at the feet of Harvey Weinstein, and he hasn't spoke out about it." And that was a flat-out fucking lie. He went on his podcast and spoke out about it. And on top of that, he fucking has, from here on out, any residuals he gets from any Merrimax movie or movie he made with the Weinstein Company, he's donating to women's causes. Yep. Now, when this fact was thrown in these people's faces, they didn't go, oh, I was wrong, sorry, and move on. They dug their heels in and doubled he was, down. He was shamed into that. Oh, he's doing that now because, you know, he's getting so much backlash for it, allowing this to happen. Exactly. Or he's just doing it out of guilt. Exactly. Hey, So if if you want to play a game with people who change the rules whenever you play by the rules and they don't like what they see, then it's not... That's Those people aren't interested in equality. Those people are the type of people who, when you play Monopoly, start making up rules as they go. And it just so happens all these rules favor everything they want to do and fucks you over. And it's like, we, we don't have time for you people, all right? The also, fact that there are so many fucking... <laughs> So many people in Hollywood that feel so comfortable doing this shit in the 21st century to where, I mean, the shit is still going on. As we speak, there's probably someone fucking pressuring somebody to do something for a role or some shit. It, it is fucking ridiculous. It is mind-blowing. And I don't see how you can politicize anyone who goes, you know what? <coughs> it is bullshit. <clears throat> I've been there. I know what it's like. And I'm willing to throw in behind this cause and fight alongside whoever else is willing to fight for this cause. Mm -hmm. If you're so determined to squash this, why are you fucking cherry picking who, who, who can and can't be on your side, according to you? Absolutely. Hey, you know who else was uh, recently accused of well, in this case, outright rape, um, because it seems like I don't know what changed so suddenly that now all these women feel safe to speak out. But I'm I'm glad that they are. Um, David Blaine has been accused by uh, that magic douchebag right, by uh, let's see, they only refer to her. Oh, Natasha Prince. In the headline, she's only on the Daily Beast. She's referred to as former model accuses David Blaine. All right, but her name's Natasha Prince. I mean, this can't be a surprise to anyone. If you've ever just just close your eyes and just listen to a you know a David Blaine YouTube video, and you feel like you're being molested, like oh, just put this in your just put this in your hand, just no, rep, put your hand. Okay, close it tight. All right, now look me in the eye. Watch this. Okay, it's gonna grow. <laughs> see that? Do you, do you see what? Do you see what's happening there? I used to say that about Joe Rogan. Yeah. 
it, on Fear Factor, especially the gross shit where like they had to eat stuff. I said it sounded like a director encouraging a chick to get through a gangbang or something. <laughs> Come on, just get it in your mouth. Come on, one more and it's over with. Just get it over with. Get it over with. Take about ten thousand dollars. Almost there. Ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, it's just. I, I get what you're saying, and look, I understand that I'm coming down pretty harsh on on that fucking on the on the people that I, I came down on. But the reason I am is because, you know, and it's just nothing that it's I, I hide in my personal life, and so I'm not going to hide it on the fucking show. I was abused physically, emotionally, and sexually as a kid in the state homes I was in. All right, and for anyone to look at me and say just because of the accident of what color, gender, whatever the fuck of my birth somehow makes what happened to me less valid than what happened to Ashley Judd or Rose McGowan. Fuck you. Seriously. Fuck you. You are a horrible human being. I'm not advocating you kill yourself, but if you played in traffic, I wouldn't shed a tear if it didn't turn out well. Okay? <laughs> Just say. I mean... I, I, to be that callous and to claim to be a survivor of it tells me one of two things. You are a fucking psychopath or you never been through it, period. And this is why I, I, I also draw a line people, oh, well, you know, one in four women have been, will be raped. Whoa, 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 whoa. One in four women will be raped or one in four women will suffer a sexual assault. What's it matter? It Big fucking it matters because too. some of those women are actually getting raped, and we need to handle that differently. Yes. I'm sorry. I've been at clubs and been groped. And yes, here, I'm going to play into the stereotype, ladies. Most times it was a man. And every time, whether it was a man or a woman, I, I after I got over the initial shock of being groped, I went, you don't have better taste than to grope me? <laughs> There's fucking a whole club full of people that look better than me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but for whatever reason, I I I got the hand up my you know or on my crotch or whatever the fuck. Right. First of all, first I've of all, the fact that you're coming to, on to me shows you have bad taste. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like like all my gay friends said, you know, dude, even even if you were gay, I'd have better taste than that. And I'm like, thank you, I appreciate that. But no, there's a world of difference between being groped. Which yeah, it's a fucked up situation. Yes. Right? And I, I'm I, I guess this is a double standard, but it's a double standard I'm comfortable with until someone can explain to me why I shouldn't be comfortable with it. To me it seems like it'd be a lot worse to be a woman and be groped in a crowd than a guy. Because as a guy, if I turn around and there's another guy standing there and he's the one that did the groping, nine times out of ten I'm not going to feel so powerless just because he is a guy. If I'm a five foot nothing, hundred hundred you know nothing pound woman, and some dude my size starts gripping up on it, you know, on on a chick that size, now you're not only being assaulted, but now there's, you know, oh shit, what do I do? I mean, if this did, I you can't smack him. I mean, you could. But you're risking getting the shit beat out of you and it escalating. As a guy, I never thought that. As a guy, I just turned around and was like, the dude, no one was ever dumb enough to stand there once I started fucking making noise. That's, but if someone would have, I'd have just knocked them the fuck out. And, 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 period. But to equate that to rape, to go, there's no difference between the two, that's disgusting. 
I don't care who does it. Male, female, doesn't matter. I don't care. That is that. That's like saying, you know, kids playing, two four-year-old kids playing doctor is the same as if a, if is is if an adult molests that kid. No, it's fucking not. Period. And anyone who will try to make that argument is sick in the head. And we probably need to make sure they're not around kids. So I. It's it's a subject that that, that that hits close to home, and it bothers me that there's people out there who want to turn this into some sort of political push my agenda shit. When the fact of the matter is, we got to get this. We have to do something about this. I mean, it's the fact that it's just par for the course. Almost almost a rite of passage makes it that much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Just go, oh, well, if you want to be an actress, of course you got to fucking suck some guy off you don't want to suck off at some point. The, the, the worst part about this whole Harvey Weinstein unraveling of this, uh, this story, this scandal, is that nobody's surprised. Nobody. I mean, his company had a contingency plan for this shit. Yeah. It, it, if his brother wants to make any claims of being like blindsided by this, we know he's full of shit. Nobody in Hollywood is surprised by this. There's a select few that could probably legitimate that worked with him and could maybe legitimately claim ignorance. But yeah, I think we we've kind of covered that that ground with Weinstein, and it's getting. Uh, getting about that time to wrap it up but I feel like we really dug deep today Rich we did some good work <laughs> I think we solved a lot what of was this. that old squig what was that old squiggly lined cartoon that used to be on uh, Cartoon Network uh, Dr. Cats oh, yeah. I love Dr. Cats like yeah yeah like I, I you sound like you just that's what you reminded right. me of we really got deep today we <laughs> yeah. We churned up some good yeah. stuff, you know? <laughs> well, that's it for our hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, shit. with that being said, uh, people, thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing this. If you want to do a little bit of something for us, you know, there's always the PayPal link at the website. You can donate to the show. If uh, if you don't have money to donate, there's a free way to support us by simply going to whatever your favorite podcatching app or, uh, or or platform may be, and just you know using a little uh, star rate system and writing up a quick little review, and that really helps get our podcasts out there and helps bump them up a little bit. So other people see them. So thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at UnregimentedPod. And Rich, do you remember the Facebook? Yeah, I, I confess. Uh, unregimented. Unregimented at Facebook.com. There you go. Yeah, just search Unregimented. We come up. Uh, yep. And we'll be back next week with uh, with Chris on the show. And until then, we'll see you next week. All right. Later, guys.
If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.